Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the Professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast, where every Tuesday night, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. I do it each and every week with my homeboys, but this week, there are more boys in the house. It's like a car ride to the game. That's the way I like to think of this podcast. We're riding in the car to the game, talking shit on the way there, and either we celebrate on the way back or we crying on the way back. We getting probably a little sleepy on the way back and at the end of the show. So before you guys get sleepy and tune out, smash the thumbs up button, tune in, call in at 252-228-5098, subscribe to the show. And uh, tonight... It's going to be a big one. We got Pat Coltrane in the house. We got Shellatron in the house. We've got SI writers in the house. It's all over the place. It's all over the map. But you know who is always here? My man, Cody Lashney. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. Tony Dunn, the tank is on, baby, and I'm pumped. Listen, man, uh, there's not a whole lot much to look forward to with the Carolina Panthers going forward right now. We're at that part of the season already, but, man, I'll be damned if there isn't so much to talk about. And you know we're going to do it with the best Panther fans on YouTube. Nick Montadero, Trill One, 704 Bound Charlotte, Blake Bettis, uh, Underground West, my boy. See, Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Call into the show, 252-228-5098. We're going to be talking about the COVID stuff tonight and how the Panthers are going to try to scrap together a team. But really, we're going to be in what we call the bi-week battle royale. Actually, we're not really battling because we're missing all the people that love Teddy Bridgewater on this one. So I guess we'll find something else to argue about. Um, And uh, CK, are you back yet? I am. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. My man, CK, how you doing? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. And, uh, you know, just uh, hanging out, enjoying the bye week. I got to put some Christmas lights up on Sunday, so that was good. Didn't watch any football. Just looked at the scores and uh, uh, had some surprises out there. But uh, good to talk about the Panthers this week. A lot of good dad games this past week. Uh, so if you did need to put up your Christmas trees and your Christmas lights, this was the week to do it. I don't know. Maybe this next week will be the week to do it, depending on how many of these players play. But let me go ahead and turn the mic over to some of the newer faces on this show. I think that um, I'm going to start with the elder statesman. I'm the eldest statesman. But I've been doing this podcasted thing on the YouTubes for a minute. And I'm pretty sure that Pat Coltrane has been doing it just as long. Pat Coltrane's your boy, Baby Bubba. Welcome to the C3 Panthers What up, podcast. what up, what up, uh, everybody on C3 Podcast. It's your boy, Pat Coltrane. What's up with you, Baby Bubba? I said, Baby Bubba, uh, what's up with you? Thank you for having me, Tony. Man, thank you to the show. I listen to you. I watch your show all the time, and you got me rolling. I will say, I think you're the funniest out of panther nation what yeah, yeah. i, I appreciate that shall trying to thank you funny but he's not, <laughs> he's not funny as when you told my and man Tony, you're the most funny looking yeah oh, sorry. <laughs> i ain't said i, I would already said i look old well 
Yeah, that wasn't me trying to be funny. That wasn't me trying to be funny. I was just stating facts. He was being serious. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, next time, if you get a present from me, unlike Rashad, it will be a booby trap now. It will be a booby trap. Well, I tell you what. So much hate. This way the battle royale start. So much hate, man. Gosh, Lee. Uh, All right. uh, Let's go to uh, Shellatron. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? What's up, you man? Celatron here. I've been gone for a minute, man. I haven't done a, a video or a stream in a minute. I've been moving. I had to move out the old spot. Had to do a lot of cleaning up. Look, y'all know me. Y'all know I be. I, I, I things get things get pushed back to the very last minute. I had a lot of things, a lot of transition things to go on. But uh, this week, getting right back to it. This is a good place to start back with it on the C three podcast with six, no, four other Panthers content creators that I really do respect. Four, <laughs> four other Panthers. <laughs> Who's not on the list? He's eliminated Cody. He's eliminated Cody. There's four of them. four of them here. Oh, man. I tell All you. Right. Well, we'll have to rank that oh. list in a little while and see if we can get somebody mm-hmm. back on it. We've also <laughs> got Jason Hewitt, uh, SI Panthers writer. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. What's up, y'all? Jason Hewitt, SI Panthers, SI.com, um, formerly Cat Scratch Reader at SB Nation. Been a Panthers fan since I was five years old, 22 now. So here we are, man. He's the baby boy of the show, I bet. Hey, I'm the baby, man, I, I am old. Hey. Yeah, man. Pat, we've been doing this YouTube thing for a minute, man. Uh, how When did you get hey. started, Pat? <laughs> I honestly can't remember, man. Maybe it was... A year after we picked up Cam, I'm thinking maybe like 2012, 2013, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's I when think. we all started. We started this show in 2013. Haven't missed a week since. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, all right. So let me ask. I'll, I'll just continue with that. What, what is you? When, why do you do the Panther YouTube stuff? That's a, uh, This is a question I ask myself uh-huh. sometimes. I like, why do you do it? Now I'll do it because of pressure peer pressure because people just want me to do videos um but i started doing it because i was a huge panther fan um i was a fan of i don't know if you remember the ttc i think it's still yeah still going around the trash talking circle so i was a huge fan of that um so that's what really made me cam up and start doing videos i didn't want to get into all the trash talking because i'm sensitive and i'll be you know i'll be ready to fight but um just because I was a huge fan and I love doing YouTube videos and y'all know I'm a, I'm somewhat of a comedian. So I just uh, started to showcase my talent. Um, and now it's like, I want to stop doing it, but people are like, no, nah, man, don't ever stop. So yeah, you just got to keep weak. going. Yeah. Just keep on going, man. Uh, well, Hey, we peer pressured you into doing an extra show this week by coming on. Shellatron, how'd yeah. you get into YouTube and, and the, and that Panthers dovetail? Uh, really what it was, was I noticed that it was only people doing live streams. Like, I feel like all y'all were doing either podcasts, live streaming stuff. I didn't see anyone doing like actual, just straight up videos like every week and like, not just, you know, game reviews, but also like new stuff and whatnot, like all the time and opinions and that kind of thing. I thought to myself, look, man, if there's anyone out there who knows anything about the Panthers, it's me. So I said, let me go ahead and go on the internet real quick. I was making videos on YouTube before I made uh, Panthers content. And uh, like Pat said, I thought I was, you know, the funniest person on earth. Turns out I'm the second funniest uh, to Pat Coltrane himself. Thank you. I appreciate but, uh, that. Yeah. 
So, so yeah. So, I mean, it's good to be here with with Pat Coltrane and four other Panthers content creators. I really do respect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh man. Let's start off with this, guys. Is that COVID is wreck is wrecking your town? Uh, everywhere. If wherever you're at, listening to this, according to the news, according to everybody, don't ask Roy Cooper. Because it probably shut you, probably shut this party down for us being too close on the internet. At this, at least um, between ten and eight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, COVID though has, I feel like the Panthers have have been very fortunate this season in avoiding the COVID bug for the most part. There's been one or two. I think we lost Rasul Douglas and uh, your 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 YGM, right? We we lost those two for a, for a little while in the season, I think, earlier on. But for the most part, we have not been ravaged by COVID until this week. News popped off, I guess, today. Eight players placed on the COVID uh, reserve COVID nineteen list. That includes DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Derek Brown, Zach Kerr, Shaq Thompson, Greg Little. He won't go play no way. Mike, Mike Pilardi was already he's already been on that mug. He got COVID and he won't even on the team. And uh Ishmael Hyman, who I don't know. Other than that, uh Jason, tell us what the heck is going on in that locker room and with this team going forward as they prepare for revenge Rivera match. All right. So like you said, we got those eight players and those two additional players on that list. Now, the thing is, they're keeping things under wraps right now, but they're on the list. So we really don't know who's going to play and who won't play. But being on the list means one of two things. You either received a positive test or you're exposed to the virus. So there could be players who very much have it, but they're just not saying anything right now. They're going to wait it out a little bit, you know, let it simmer down. But, shoot, we really don't know how depleted this team is going to be until probably late this week, maybe even Sunday. I forgot to ask all y'all before you came on the show if you had been in contact with anybody who had COVID or display any symptoms. I feel like I've asked that question everywhere I turn today. I hope none of you all have. That's HIPAA, man. Don't be asking no medical questions, man. You know I'm trying to hide from folks. You up here asking me about my health? It's too late now. Hey. At this point, you already got it. Oh, oh holy cow! We have a surprise guest. He said he oh, was. He said it was past this. his bedtime. Rashad is here from Panther Nation podcast. Rashad, hey, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? What's up with the people, man? Hey, listen, real talk. I I actually had to go ask my wife for permission to do this, so hey. I'm being 100 real. Um, and I thought Dave was gonna join. Uh, and I and I didn't want to leave y'all hanging. Um, so he, I, he I, said, I jump on here. I, I'm yeah, gonna give y'all like an hour pause. Good. Oh, we needed well. somebody you, uh, yep. to root for Teddy on the podcast. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, wow. This is fun. <laughs> uh, tell, uh, real quick, tell us about your channel uh, before we get back into this COVID stuff. Oh, oh, before you come in the room, have you displayed any COVID-like symptoms? Or do you run a fever right now because we have to kick you out? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm straight. Okay. I'm good. All right. Um, we, we, we're contact tracing here. The, That's a fact. The thing that uh, – tell me about your channel real quick. And what I was asking the other guys is what made you get into doing Panther podcasting or Panther video, YouTubing, whatever the word uh, is for it. 
So Panther Nation podcast, uh, YouTube, and uh, just quite a slight uh, echo on my part, but my bad. Uh, so I just got started. And listen, me and Dave used to talk junk all the time with the Panthers going back and forth. Uh, it was good banter. See, we said we might as well just go ahead and record it. And that's pretty much what it is. Uh, it's re- real simple. Uh, we've been going since I believe it's about four or five, four years now. Uh, so shout out to all the all the old heads, Pat, C three, you guys are the OGs. So shout out to you guys and uh, appreciate the uh, the um, the, uh, the, the 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 guidance. Right. So shout out to y'all. Man. It seems like everyone agrees on one thing: Tony Dunn and Pat Coltrane are old as hell. That's what I keep hearing from from everybody, man. Now ask Rashad his age. Do that since you. Oh, you I'm can't 30. ask me on. Yeah, you didn't ask me on live. Never mind. Never I'm mind. 36. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like right, you a good looking 36, bro. You look younger <laughs> than that. Dang. Age is like wine, bro. I'm good. Yes, sir. Not me. I'm well. getting older quick. Man, wait till, don't worry. How many kids you got? Two. Two? Pat? Yep. You got any kids? Three. I got three, too. Three? Yeah, you look good for three. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> I just look tired. Because I don't take angry. care of them. I don't take it. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. No, I ain't gonna say that. I'm lying. I love my babies. I'm lying. Let me turn. I'll I'll ask uh, Rashad, and then I'll let you guys uh, uh, chime in on this. What were your expectations going into this season, Rashad? Uh, Exactly what I'm seeing. Uh, This this is in line with what what I'm seeing. Uh, I I came in saying what five and five and eleven. So this is about in line. Uh, No no lofty expectations. No playoffs. I'm not upset like a lot of people saying, "Oh, we're, we're one, we're one game away from the plate." Like, come on, well, we were never going to be that. I'm cool, um, and this is exactly wh- where we are. Is exactly where I thought we would be. Pat, all right. So initially, going into the season, I didn't really care. It didn't because none of it made any sense. I say this all the time. None of it made any sense. I couldn't tell if we were tanking. But uh, initially, the moves they made, I, it made me feel like they were trying to win some games. All right. So going into the season, my hopes were a little high, but it's like I thought I didn't care. And I and I realized I cared more than I should have. Then you want so, to. Yeah. Right. Yeah, then I best. wanted to, man. And I think that's where I'm at now. I'm still I'm still trying to get out of that. But initially, I cared more than I thought I was going to care. What moves do you? Th- what moves are you referring to that gave you that kind of excitement or caringness? Um, when we picked up Teddy, okay. Uh, um, I feel like the tear here Whitehead signing was uh, uh, an attempt to replace Luke. Um, what other? Uh, Robbie Anderson. Huh? Robbie yeah, Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Like that, those are moves that made me feel like, oh, y'all trying to win some games. It's not mm-hmm. really a rebuild. Like this feels like y'all are really trying to win this these games, and and they failed miserably. But we gonna get into that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But yeah, that's it. initially initially I didn't want to care. Um, but the moves that we made, it made me start to care. It made me feel like we were actually going to do something. I forgot to turn the voicemail back on, folks. So people are trying to call in. Hold on. All right, uh, Shellatron, tell us what was your, what was your expectations for the Panthers going in this season? What we're seeing, kind of. I thought we weren't going to be winning that many games, but I always thought the actually no, no, no. I guess kind of the opposite. I thought the defense looked really bad and the O would look like elite. 
what we're seeing is that the offense looks okay, looks pretty good until the end of games and really the third quarter. And the defense has looked good in some spots, looks elite in some spots, and has looked a little weird in others, like not horrible, but like real confusing as to why things are happening, what guys are doing, where they are, where they are, and like, look. Tyre Whitehead is low-hanging fruit. I could speak on Tyre Whitehead every single day, every single minute, every single snap. But at some point, you know, the, the all the problems of the defense aren't Tyre Whitehead. All the problems of the offense aren't Teddy Bridgewater. There are other issues going on here. And I feel like what Pat said makes sense too. Uh, the, the, the front office kind of finessed us into believing that the team was looking and trying to get better and trying to win games. I actually bought into it. I said, hold up. We might actually be trying to be competitive this year but then the truth of what we all knew was going to happen came became apparent kind of quickly like we're a team that can maybe stick in with some teams in some of these games but we don't have any real like finishers or dogs or clutch players that can really put you over the hump and we're seeing the same thing we've seen the last three years a bunch of one score losses Simple as that. <laughs> we have seen hmm. a lot of close games over the past years. Um, I don't know. All right, um, Jason, do you want to chime in on your expectations going into the season before we move on? Absolutely. So similar to y'all, I predicted 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, somewhere around that range. And the thing was, they also tricked me as well because – you know, when they were three and two going into week six up against Chicago, I was like, okay, look at this team. They're looking all nice. And I remember that Chicago game and how close it was and thinking, oh, this might be Teddy Bridgewater's moment to shut the haters up or whatever. And he did the exact opposite and threw the game away. And I noticed this trend repeatedly throughout this losing streak up until they went up against Detroit when PJ Walker started which started a whole dynamic between him and Teddy. And I feel like it's still kind of a conversation moving forward. But at the same time, it's like this team is exactly what we expected it to be. But at the same time, they they kind of finessed us, like the rest of y'all said. You know, I thought we were so. going to be a 4-12 and 12 team at best. Uh, I could have seen us being 2-14. and 14. It was a complete overhaul on defense, new coaches. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what to expect. I think we're a lot better than I expected us to be. Um, I, you know, just didn't see the offense being as, I guess when you think about it, it should be Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore. It should be dynamic, but we've seen the offensive line over the past few years, uh, or actually forever, uh, for the Carolina Panthers. It feels like we haven't had a good offensive line since, I can't, maybe 2013, maybe. It's been a while. I don't I don't even think the 2015 offensive line was that good to be honest. I mean, they looked terrible in the Super Bowl. But the interior mm-hmm. of our offensive line was incredible. Right. With Andrew Norwell in the prime of his career, uh mm-hmm. Trey Turner before he kind of started to drop off a little bit. Like that was one of the worst mistakes we made in my opinion was not keeping those three around. Rashad no, I was just going to say, I got a whole episode chronicling the offensive line and, and the troubles we've, how we've continuously neglected the offensive line for years. Um, and again, we just got to make that change. I, I'm, I'm a proponent of fixing the offensive line. You can say what you want, yes. uh, but we, we need to fix the offensive line. 
I, I, I feel y'all with the quarterback. They don't want to hear that. I feel y'all with the quarterback, but we have got going back to Cam. We have got to fix the offensive line, and it's been neglected for far too long. And I feel like I think Cody, when we last time we were speaking with uh, with Pat, I feel like it starts yeah. at the top. It starts at the top, and until we fix that, it, it doesn't yeah, really man. matter what happens underneath. I mean, it has to go, man, no matter what you think about Bridgewater. And I think more and more fans are starting to come around on this. Like, the more and more you dive deep onto the record of Marty Herney, uh, that's not a guy that you're interested in building the future of your football team. Nobody's but, ever loved Marty Herney, though. That's true from what I've yeah, seen, no like, no in Panthers Nation. I've seen a lot of complaints about him over the years. And it just confuses me. Like, we, we man, we changed coaches, players, front office. Man, we got the end zone. <laughs> Dude, we, we, we opened up the end zone to put luxury box seats, man. Like in a in an era of Panther renewal, when we're trying to do something brand new, it makes no sense to me to hang on to this holdover from yesteryear, man. It baffles the hell out of me, and I cannot uh, explain it. But I digress. I tell you, Marty Herney should give lessons in survival, right? Like survival training lessons. How he survived for two decades, like you said, two owners being fired, being brought back, a new coach. That's impressive. That's probably his most impressive accomplishment as a GM in many ways. Um, Jason, you need to get down to that. Ain't, ain't you a journalist? You need to do some investigative journalism and find out <laughs> why Marty Herney is still around here, man. Do that. So, I mean, I think you. I think here's the thing. I'll play devil's <laughs> advocate here. You know, and I have been for a while. I I agree, and I've said it for a while. If they were going to fire Herney, it needed to happen when they fired Rivera. Like it, 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 yes. right now, yes. we're already in the process of a rebuild. Getting a new GM could set you back an extra five years or Thank six you. years, right? And so now you're putting yourself in a position to now restart the rebuild that we just started, right? And and that's the issue I have. When you look at Marty Herney's record, you, the problem is, and you say. He should give lessons on survival. His survival right now is that both of our Super Bowl teams are built on the backbone of Marty Herney. Both of our, I mean, and you could sit there and talk about 2015, Marty Herney wasn't our GM. Look at every player on that team that was impactful to our season. Every player was drafted by Marty Herney. Marty Herney has given us every superstar that our, our organization has ever seen. I will agree. Like I said, I would have liked to see him go when Rivera left. But right now... He's. We're already in the midst of a, a pretty good rebuild. It's looking pretty good. Look, going in a in a positive direction. And I, like I said, there could be some setbacks certainly, but I don't think that now is the time to get get rid of him. I think he's shown way too much uh, positives over his years to let him go because I think you're risking a lot if so you let him out the door. Can I push back? Can I push back equally on that? Because I yeah. feel like I feel like while he has drafted a lot of guys. It's more than just drafting, and that's the problem. Yeah, it's more answer. than just it's more than just being able to draft guys. You got to be able to maneuver when it's time to maneuver. Letting these guys walk for nothing, Taylor Moten, uh, whoever to go go back in history. Letting these guys just walk for nothing is a problem. Okay, James Bradbury, go, go back and name them all. Butler is balling out. All of them. You're letting them walk for nothing, oh and I think gosh, that's part of the problem names. too. So I'm just it's more than just a draft, right? It's more than just it picking is. the right players. You've got to be able to do more. And that's where that's my beef with, with and his that. his contract negotiations. I mean, you could bring up a lot of the negatives, um, but you also in that same same 
category, you can look at, for instance, Dallas. You know, you have an owner that is so hands-on. You know, Jerry Richardson was very, you know, we could all sit here and talk about certain things, but you could see the trajectory that Tepper has created for this organization. And I think he's going to allow Marty Herney to be more Marty Herney, and they have a better vision than what Jerry Richardson had. Jerry Richardson was a very conservative human being that was not willing to go uh, and, and do anything special. They did not make splashes in the free agent market. This year, we made probably the biggest splashes in the free agent market we've ever done. You know, and and this is the first year without Ron Rivera. I just think that it's worth at this point in time. We're we're already, I, even it's only one year certainly, but we are too deep into this rebuild or retooling for us to go ahead and start just throwing our chips on the table and no, hope that I, a new I'm gonna disagree because I, I feel like we're, we're just starting. This is the yeah, best we're, time we're, to get it yeah. done. We're 12 games into the rebuild. Yeah, this is uh, we're not too deep. We, I think we, we, we just had a full defensive draft too. I think the. This year's rebuild, I, you didn't ask the question yet. I'm sure the next question is probably going to be like, what we want to do next with the team. Is that about right? Yeah, we're getting I mean, close to that. Well, I'll, I'll, go ahead. I'll we're freestyling, bro. Definitely. We're freestyling. Take it where you want to go. Oh, well, well, say less then. I mean, I feel like what we did this year with the defense was about right. I mean, we have more than a couple guys that we found in the draft that are going to be impactful players, at least at, on some level in the future. We have a couple guys who could be great borderline great very soon and then this upcoming year you work on what you need and you you see for the past like you mentioned the past forever you need an o-line if your o-line can't can't move can't at least uh stop someone from getting your quarterback or push the uh push the d-line back to get some good blocking for your running back you're not gonna do anything your offense is always gonna stall out when you need it most you might get a play here or there you might get some things working but you're never gonna have that the actual dominant front that you need to actually become a better team, an actual deep playoff run team, like all these other teams we see who are actually winning games. It starts up front. So you start with the O-line. You figure out what you're going to do with the defensive backs. They're not bad, but, I mean, there's no one there's no one playing playing DB that I'm actually, you know. I, I None of those names strike fear in me at all. And as much as I love Jeremy Chin, Jeremy Chin is great. He is not guarding. He's not stopping any single, even above average tight end. You feel me? I think we need to find an actual real strong safety who can stop tight ends like that. Uh, but, I mean, I think DBs and, and our and our O-line have to be the real focus in this draft. Yeah. I, I, was, I said that, I mean, quarterback, I thought that was a way, way, way afterthought. I was cool with going with Kyle Allen this year. I, I said, I, we're going, <laughs> we want four, three, four wins. If you want three, four, or five wins, I, I mean, damn. Keep Kyle Allen, save that money, and you can make other moves in free agency. Okay, I mean, so look, 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 look. Let me let me pose a, a question to everyone that's okay. convinced that we should not go quarterback in the first okay. round. And it's kind okay. of a two part. It's kind of a two part question. Number okay, number one, how many times in the next few years do we intend for the Panthers to be picking with the top ten pick in the draft? Because from where I'm at right now, it's going to be a I'm few times. Okay. <laughs> But I don't know. But if we got also, if we got Herney, yeah, true. Okay, but there's Eddie. also a thing, bro. We can walk and chew bubble gum. Like, why is it impossible to think that maybe we draft a quarterback in the first round, and then draft other competent offensive linemen later in the draft? Like, all the things that we want to do, it's not like we can't do all of those things if we pick the quarterback first. 
I mean, if it's the, the a guy that can put our offense over the top and would have an opportunity to hold our franchise down for over a decade or more at the quarterback position, I just have a hard time understanding why 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 that wouldn't be something that interests people. Like a top ten pick, that's where you pick quarterbacks. We don't have okay. an offensive line for that. In my opinion, we would have to really rebuild our offensive line with veteran players, not just some rookies, especially some second or third round uh, picks. I don't think it'll work out. I yeah, think he'll get eight up. Look at he'll get eight up. Look at Joe Burrow. Look, they will get eight up. I think our just, offensive line up. has been like probably better than we're accustomed to. This than year. it has been in years, honestly. Yeah, this is but the best line we've had in a long yeah. time, and it's but not. They're they're That's talking about. With, but you gotta, you, line, you gotta watch, man. They're, this is the best so We won't have the same offensive line. Tell them, Rashad. Yeah. Tell them about the not, breakdown bro. that you did. It's not. I, I, can't, I hate when people say it. Our offensive line has been better. I'll give you. The last mm-hmm. two games, they have been great. And I will give you, they're much better with Russell Okung. You just Okun said they the were game. great. I didn't use that no, no, word. No, no. I said the last two games. The last two games, they've been great. The last yeah. two games. And I will say they're much better with Russell Okung in the game. Much, much better. Way improved. But to say that this is the best offensive line we've seen in years is not true. It's when just was not. The last it's time? Not Name true. an O line that was better. Name an O line that was better. The O line that was better, statistically and according to PFF, was the 2015 okay. offensive line. It was yeah, better. That's better five years ago. I'm just, five saying, years I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's it's years ago, it, right? And we went to the Super Bowl that. No, it's just a fact. No, it's just a fact. I mean, yeah, it's just a fact though. That's all I'm saying. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. And, and people say, oh, Cam didn't have the off- – it's just a fact that uh, he had a better offensive line than what we're seeing right now. But that one, one year. year. Yeah, right, one so here, that one year. That one year. We also went to the Super Bowl year. that year. We also went to the Super Bowl look at the look at the contracts on our offensive line right now. I mean, that's, that's the problem. Too. They all expire. Yeah, I mean, so – I mean, we're, we're having to then make a decision. Okung's starting to age, right? There, mm-hmm. we're, There's reports He's that is not coming back. Uh, because he's looking for left tackle money. Um, I mean, and then you have, uh, you know, what, two more years with Paradis? I mean, wh- I, we, we don't really have a an offensive line that is the long term right now. So I think I do agree. I think offensive line is important in the draft, but I also think a top 10 pick, if we're in the top 10 there, Cynthia Freeland has us rec- uh, like estimated at the 11th pick, which I don't understand how that's going to happen looking Heck at the no, schedule. Yeah. But, um, but if we're in the top 10 and we don't go quarterback, I think again we're setting ourselves back by you know another two three years you know and I, I I think that's the issue I don't think I think we can all well let me I don't know everybody's opinion but I think we can all agree Teddy Bridgewater isn't the long term answer here and, and okay I'll that. give well, uh, okay I'll give you a counterpoint if if Lawrence and Fields are gone which they will be is there yeah, a single quarterback that you would trust with this franchise be honest. I mean it's tough man because it's hard to know with a lot of these one year players. I mean, it really is tough because some of these guys step in and, you know, it it depends on the coaching. If we have the coaching that can learn up our players and and teach them how to build upon their existing skill set, then, yeah. And I do think Matt Rule is a culture builder. And I'm hoping that Matt Rule is going to be our own version of like a Pete Carroll or a Mike Tomlin, right? He's not the offensive uh, coordinator or the defensive coordinator. But the man knows how to coach. And I'm hoping that over time, you know, if we have that kind of system, that, yeah, we could draft a quarterback 
Let them sit behind Bridgewater for a year. Let them learn a little bit. We already know we have Bridgewater for another year. So in my opinion, like grabbing a player that has all the talent, like a Trey Lance, like a Zach Wilson, let them have some time to adjust to the NFL. And yeah, I think that's an investment that's 100% worth making. I think that when it comes to quarterbacks, we got David in the house now from Panther Nation podcast. So, um, David, what's up, my man? Welcome to the show. I'm muted. You're muted. You're muted, my guy. (laughs) This is the world we live in, and COVID is like, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? It's enjoyable. It's enjoyable during phone cons, man. I can just cuss people out. They wouldn't realize it. It's fun. Welcome nah, to the well, show. We were just appreciate we, the invite. Sorry, yeah, man. Man, I've been... uh, we'll turn the first question over to you. Is this is that if is there a quarterback in this draft outside of Trevor Lawrence and um, Justin, Justin Fields, Fields that you Justin would Fields. trust to take over uh, this franchise? I mean, I like I like Trey Lance, man, but I don't want to give up a first round capital to pull this trigger at this point. Okay. Please preach. I, I I I don't, man. Like I think I think doing that would give us a disservice. Would 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 give that player a disservice because he's gonna get killed. <laughs> like, body bag. So, my biggest thing about this body bag. and this whole thing about this whole notion about letting a guy sit behind Teddy Bridgewater for a year. You have bro, to. This is the same. Everyone is, is at Mahomes. Everyone Look, is at Mahomes. Exactly. They don't have, but the thing is, you know, you remember there was a time. Where like every quarterback sat behind the guy for a year. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody kind of worked out for people like you know, like you know, Rivers. He did pretty well, and and mm-hmm. and um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. He he he, did, he he panned out. I mean, I think yeah. he did all right. But quarterbacks are coming into the NFL. Quarterbacks are coming into the NFL more ready than they ever have been. Like Kyler Murray starts right away. Joe Burrow starts right away. Or Josh Allen Bradford. starts right away. Justin Sam Bradford did too. Right away. Sam Bradford did too. I, I just know there's a lot of things. We can all nitpick all the examples of all oh, this quarterback busted and it was overdrafted. And or, or I can do the same thing. I tell you all the good quarterbacks that are uh, drafted in the top 10. And those teams are not regretting those picks. Yeah, Joe Burrow may have gotten hurt, but they're not uh, regretting drafting Joe Burrow so they I'm might next year. They might. Yo, we don't know what it's going to look like next year. We don't know we yet. We don't, yet. Know, we yet. don't know that for anyone, though. We don't know that for anyone. For Herbert, Allen, Murray, Jackson, you name it. I mean, no one has a crystal ball. But the thing is, I don't but, think. I don't think. I think Josh Allen. Josh Allen is going to be attached to McDermott at this point, right? Like right. Josh Allen is going to be attached to McDermott. It's kind of like how Ron Rivera was attached to Cam when Cam yeah. got here, right? They were they were going to be a family at this point, so I think McDermott is going to roll with Josh by hook or by crook, and he's already had success there already. They've I mean, already been to the playoffs. He's already doing some pretty good damage there, and he wasn't so, even good his first two years either. He it took him. Well, he's not really. Truth be right. told, if you want to be quite frank, as a quarterback, he ain't really good now. But he's no, pretty. Bro, no, I'll take bro, him. I'll take no, him over. Bro. What were you looking at? I'll take him over. Come on now. So That's a quarterback? Yes. I mean, here's, here's, here's the question. Yeah, if you look at his numbers. Here, here's, I think here's the question we got we got to we got to ask ourselves though. 
so and I, I did a whole show on this yesterday, right? So mm -hmm. you you have a you have a, a a coach, an offensive coordinator who went out and handpicked Teddy Bridgewater, right or wrong? Right? We all agree there, right? Correct. Exactly. So on the street. If they can't get it done with the guy that they handpicked, do you really trust them going out and picking a quarterback? In the draft, right? Oh my gosh! Wait, doesn't everyone get handpicked? Oh, wait, what does that mean? Yeah. What does handpicked mean? Okay. I'll, I'll elaborate for y'all, man. So basically, when Brady went out and got Bridgewater, the reason why he went out and got him was because they needed a surefire guy who knew Joe Brady's system. He might not have been the guy, but he was a guy who knew just enough to come into a system, especially with COVID and everything, and the young and experienced team got a guy who has like five, six years of experience come in and, you know, be ultimately, ultimately a game manager. But as we've seen personally, my definition of a game manager is who doesn't turn the ball over, mm -hmm. especially in critical situations. So I feel like they bit more they, than they chew. That's just me, but and it's okay. I don't know, don't, man. Yeah, it just, that's what they had available at the time, you know? And, and, and listen, isn't it okay to admit that Joe Brady, yes, he might have wanted Bridgewater here, but he ended up being wrong. Like, I, our offense is limited. I, I don't understand. But don't, somebody... but don't worry. When Joe Brady goes and get a job somewhere else, he can be wrong, is, and we're going to have Teddy here chilling with us. Yeah, and that's a problem. ultimately what I think is going to happen. And that's, <laughs> and that's a problem. And, and me and Tony have been talking about this, too. Like, I don't think – Joe Brady shouldn't go anywhere. It's I mean, like, man, that, man, that, that dude coach talk is premature. I'm sorry. Is I'm, that is I don't that, want him to go. He has but, not and, even I mean, shown enough. Um, and and we'll kind of we'll kind of pivot the conversation a little bit to Joe Brady and and how this the connection to Bridgewater. I think that mm -hmm. uh, one of the points that I, I I like Rashad's point. I've I've heard you make it several times about Joe Brady and Bridgewater being. Um, together right is like that's on joe brady in fact i would say that teddy bridgewater is the worst thing joe brady has done as an offensive coordinator so far um ultimately i think the coach the idea that uh joe brady is a reasonable head coach candidate at this point in time i think that is far premature and if any team kind of goes with that i feel like they are just going like with fashion is like we just want the young, offensive-minded, thirty-year-old white coach, and I don't even like that. I mean, like, I mean, what is like Sean McVay started it? You speak right? facts. It's right. facts, but I mean, he's gonna get hired. No, for like two you know, or three years. The fact man. of the matter is, you don't have to. You don't have to show anything. You, I mean, how many? How many how many bad coaches, coaching hires have we seen over the years? You don't have to right. show anything. Adam you just whether he deserves it or not is up not up to us, right? Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is, is he's going to get hired somewhere, and yeah. then and the, the problem with that is, is that you you again you go out you draft the guy, right? You're gonna you're gonna move on from this OC. You have a quarter you have a quarterback that learned the system under Joe Brady system. Then you're gonna hit the reset button when you bring in another offensive coordinator, and mm -hmm. the, the cycle just continues and continues. And not only that. And my my concern is not even with the with opposite coordinator. My concern is with the GM situation. We got to get that fixed first. OC yeah. is secondary to me, but I can't. We have to, my, the overall arching issue is we have to have stability. If we're gonna bring in a quarterback, we have to be stable, bro. Like we can't just bring quarterbacks in for shit just because we want a quarterback. 
I want to. I, 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 if you don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a guy, great. I, I, you, your point is 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 being shown every week, right? We get it. But you cannot continue to. You can't bring in the quarterback into an unstable franchise. Right now, we are unstable. We're unstable. We don't have a GM. Offensive coordinator got one foot out the door. Like we have to be stable, and that's all I'm asking for when we draft the quarterback. When Stability. do you think Joe Brady will no longer be with the Carolina Panthers? When? Yeah, I, I give him three years. I say two years. I give him I say two. Two I years. I give him one more year. One more year, and he's out of here. One more season, he's he gone. But here's my bit. question. You say one winning season. Are we going to have a winning season next year? I didn't even say a winning season. When I say winning, I don't even mean playoff. No, no, let's be clear. Chazinski got a job. We didn't have a winning season. He was off to Cleveland. Yep. One of these idiot-ass GMs and owners to say we want this guy because he's high-powered. You're right. Trubisky showed up in here, balled out of his ass. We thought Cam was going to be a rock star. And then we had Mike Shula. He went and got his little job, and we brought in Mike Shula. (laughs) We're about to get out Mike Shula as soon as freaking – as soon as Brady leaves. You think he's going to – you think – do you think he's going to bring another Joe Brady in here once Rule gets another chance to pick an OC? I – and like I said yesterday, I don't even think him as the OC was Rule's Call. I think that was more of a temper play than a rule play. I think my opinion. A temper play. I think. Listen. I think that moving on from Cam Newton was a temper play. Yeah. And, and, and uh, so, listen. That's why when people yeah. say, "Oh, they moved on," like they chose Teddy Bridgewater over Cam Newton. Mm, did they? Did they really? Or did David Tepper see Cam Newton's injury history prevent them from being a contender two years in a row after he bought the organization? And then he's like, whatever, man, I'm cutting my losses. Right. I didn't draft yeah. Cam Newton. We're moving on. So that's why when people even say, oh, Joe Brady hand chose Bridgewater, man, like it really doesn't even mean a whole lot to me. Like this guy took Joe Burrow from a fourth round draft pick to the number one pick in the draft. And Joe Burrow, for whatever you want to say about him, the dude will throw down the field. The guy yeah. is fearless, okay? If you put a quarterback in Joe Brady's system – that is willing to throw the football down the field and take chances on plays, this offense opens up. And I really think that, you know, what Rashad was saying, where is the stability in our organization? That's what Matt Rule is supposed to be. And if none of us think that Joe Brady is leaving after this year, that means we know we have Matt Rule next year. We know we have Joe Brady next year. Like what if we uh, invest picks in the offensive line later on, I don't see this scenario how we're so far away from being a, a, a contending football team, let alone a team that can't draft a quarterback right now. Like none of that makes sense to me. I'll ask. The issue uh, isn't about. Yeah, this is all under Shelly Marty Tron. Herney now. I was going to ask go, you, Shelly Keep in mind, Marty Herney, the GM. Let's keep yeah, that in this mind. Is, and uh, and then I will go to Pat right after that. Is how do you fix the GM position then? You know? We should have been. We Ooh, should have been on fixes. I think the rumor, the rumors are maybe Pat Stewart. Um, I think there are some other rumors about some GMs. Andrew something. Um, I heard about what's the cap capologist name? Sally, Samir, some Samir weird name. Samir, um, Samir. So there are some rumors for some GMs. But to be honest, like we've been saying, he should have been gone. 
Yeah. Um, we make Man. we got a lot of plans for this team, but I don't believe that Marty Herney is the GM that's going to do any of this. We've seen no. it. We've seen it. And, and um, oh, like like uh, uh, Buddy, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Like he touched on, like he said, if we release him now, we're going to set ourselves back. But are we going to continue this same story with Marty Herney? If we don't release him, we see what Marty Herney can do. It might be another 20 years. It might be another 15 years with Marty Herney waiting on Marty Herney to get right, waiting for him to get this team right. And I just don't feel like he's going to get it done. We can have all the hopes and dreams that we want, but I just don't feel like Marty Herney is the one to get the job done. Tim Tizzy in our chat room <laughs> says, Marty is gone after this year. End of contract. Let's so, hope so. Yeah, so I mean, we have to make a decision one way or another. So it's not hey, like oh, we can just kind of let him hang out, you know? Like uh, we could we could put him at so uh, many other different positions, man. Like we don't need him in the front office. Shellatron, how do I'll we say get stable? How do we get mm-hmm. stable, Shellatron, at both the the top and wherever you want to take it? Stability at the top. Well, that starts with the ownership. That's also mm-hmm. having a very clear plan and a very uh, you have to have a good team around you. Not the team on the field, the team that is actually in the front office. You have to know what kind of guy you want, what kind of team you want to build, and what kind of people that guy is going to bring in. People like, you know, Adam Gase or uh, Bill O'Brien or some of these guys who are going to just bring in a bunch of family members or friends, kind of like what uh, Ron Rivera did here with uh, with Eric. I want to get into that. But uh, but you have, you have guys, you know, who will bring in people who you can trust, who are actually good at their job and have been proven. Like right now, we don't need more coordinators, more coaches, more position group guys who really Joe Brady or uh, not Joe Brady. Yeah, well, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah. Matt Rule, Joe Brady, all of them. People that you knew, they do in college, guys they worked with before 20 years ago, guys they, they are familiar with. They need to bring in guys who they actually believe can do the job and have a track record of doing so, not first-year guys, not people who are learning as they go but guys who have been in the league showing excellence. And if it costs money, there's no cap. There's no cap uh, for, for the, for the kind of earnings that coaches get. Now players, there's, there's a cap coaches. David Tepper is already the richest coach, the, the richest owner in the league. So you can pay. He paid to get Matt rule. So, I mean, you can go ahead and you can, uh, and, and he paid to get Joe Brady, even more money, honestly. So you can, you can probably, you have to find the right guys in place. And I don't think things that you're used to, the guys, the names that you know, the guys who you're doing a favor for is going to get that job done. I think you have to go out and actually find the names. I think maybe even uh, Eric Bieniemy, guys who people can buy into. Guys, I mean, we're not getting, yeah, you're exactly right. right. You probably can't get them. But, uh, <laughs> we ain't getting them at this point. But, 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 no. but, guys, but guys who players can, can, can buy into, guys that have some kind of recognition, you say, okay, He's actually done something in this league. He's done something at some point in this league, and the team the team buys into him. The guys in the front office buy into him, and number one, the owner buys into him, and he's not constantly second guessing him, you know, micromanaging him and saying that's a good idea, but we're gonna do what I think right here. We, we need trust and, and uh, really David Tepper to find a guy who he says I am willing to take a back seat on this guy because he knows what he's doing and he can fill out this coaching staff and can bring in the kind of players that we need to make this team right. And that's it really it's really 100% on David Tepper and Rashad, no one else. 
Rashad, this is what I think CK was uh, getting to, and I I think it's a good point when it comes to Marty Herney. Um, how do you replace Mar- like how do you bring in the next big thing GM, the next guru GM or savant when he ultimately is going to have to kind of answer to rule? Right. Is that to me is that when you put rule, you brought rule in, you gave him eight years, you gave him a long leash. Are you going to bring in a GM that's going to start saying this is the vision I seek? I see. Or do you I mean, do you think you can find a GM who is as talented as you kind of need, like a big balls GM or something um, that can find a common ground with a coach who's already there? So yeah, did Jason, did you want to jump in? Because I know you're trying to jump in on a couple of things before I. I'm surprised you y'all are like touching, but y'all. I feel like the elephants in the room. They already have their GM. Pass through it. Not even Matt Rule. Who, who is it, Jason? Matt, Matt okay. Rule. Matt Rule. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. About it. Think about it. Let's think about it. I will have a conniption fit. It's not official, but it's not official. But you're saying he pretty much. It's not a. This is just a take. This is just a take. Right. But think about this whole process here. Right. Marty Herney, you know, he's chilling. But think what really kind of gave it away was the draft. Do you really think those draft picks were Marty Herney's idea? Heck, no. It was Matt Rule, right? And it wasn't like they were just gonna boot him out away. So personally, what I think is they're just keeping Herney around to to like kind of chill and like still do his thing. But it's going to be a slow process into Matt Rule being maybe like the president of operations of some some sorts and maybe keeping Herney around to like maybe be like some type type of maybe scouting director or something. So 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 you're telling me that if Derek Brown is a bust, we know that Herney didn't make the pick. Is that what I'm hearing? That's, that's what, what I'm saying. Right. Yes. Derek Brown that's, that's that's right. already yes. got a bust. <laughs> you can look at that, him and that, see he's not a in that bust. Same, in that same token, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, then everything that everybody's saying Matt Rule or Marty Herney did wrong this year is on Mar- Matt Rule. You know, the, the reports that Moten isn't going to be re-signed. They let James Bradbury walk. They let Cam Newton go, sign Teddy Bridgewater. That's on Matt Rule at that point in time. Yeah, I'm with, I'm okay. I'm with, listen, I, I understand that, and I've heard the same theory floated by a lot of people, and I'm just not buying it, man, because if that's true, that Matt Rule already has so much power in this organization and Joe Brady is the one that picked our quarterback, then literally what the hell is Marty Herney even doing there? Like there is no reason. All guys. That, 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 <laughs> there's no reason to invite that. So then we say, okay, well, he's just the fall guy. Like, is he though? I don't know, man. Like, as he's a been right before. Now, <laughs> as, look, at, as a, listen, look at all these Temple and Baylor players on this team. I man. know, I yep. know. But listen, come as on, a man. All the Baylor and all the Temple guys, like okay, it was, it was, it, the proof know? is in the pudding. Like in the offseason. I, I talked about this on my show, and then when they ask him questions about roster moves, he'll say, "Oh no, that's up to Marty." Yeah. yeah, yeah. You think he's slick? But so, so <laughs> right about this, Jason. Right so, about this. Yeah. So I'm about I, to blow I, the roof pleasure. off for this. So I think I think it's just, I think it's twofold, and I think I think I agree. I think that rule is GMing in the background. Um, he's being paid as such, right? He's being paid in the in the same breath as some of those guys that were doing that, Bill O'Brien. But 
Um, I'll say this. I think the ideal situation uh, is we go out and get us an Omar Khan uh, from from the Steelers. That would be a that would be a great scenario. Or option number two is that we go out and we keep Pat Stewart. I mean, Pat Stewart came from the Eagles organization. They, he was there when when the uh, when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, I believe. And so, just to keep some sort of continuity there, maybe he knows how things are going on. He knows what Matt Rule wants. I think that's two options. But I, ideally, I'd like to see Omar Khan here. Honestly, that's that's my. If it was me, I would like to see Omar Khan in the building. Personally. Why? Uh, because he can't. He he came from the Steelers. He he knows he knows what winning looks like. He has a. I, I'm assuming that he worked together with uh with Tepper. I'm assuming they have some sort of relationship. I, I'm just guessing their speculation. Right. At least maybe um, they bumped elbows or rubbed elbows. Exactly, exactly. They, you know, they've been in the same building at some point. So I think that's, and I think he's on a contract here, if I'm not mistaken. I think he re-ups his contract every year. It's like a year-by-year thing. So I think that is the ideal scenario is for us to get Omar Khan. But I do, I do think there is a um there is some truth to the fact that Matt Rule is out here pulling the strings and, and Herney's just a fall guy. I do I do think that that's, that's I don't true. think he's even a fall guy. I don't think he's a fall guy as much as this is that Herney, I think, has showed that he can work with people, right? He worked with Jerry Richardson. Yeah. When Jerry Richardson needed a lap dog or someone that jumped when he said jump, Marty Herney jumped. Right. He paid the reason he gave D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart those big contracts was because Jerry Richardson was leading that charge on the lockout year or whatever. Do you remember when they were all fight? Remember when him and Peyton Manning got in a fight over how to read a chart or something like that? (laughs) Jerry Richardson was paying his boys back because he knew that they took pay cuts because of what he did. And he always had his favorites. Jerry Richardson always had his favorites, right? He'd be like, I love D'Angelo, and I love when this lady lets me rub her feet. Those two things, and who was that little, who was that white receiver that we, that he loved so much? That's another example. That might be Jerry Richardson's child. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's his bastard's <laughs> love child. No doubt. Right. No doubt. For um, sure. So, and I think this is that now you really is Matt Rule has the keys. Right to the car, but somebody's got to park it at times. Somebody's got to wash it. Some, you know, some per- somebody's got to take it to go get the oil changed. And I think that that's Marty Herney, and I think that that's why he kind of is still around at this point. I don't think it's a fall guy. I'm actually more concerned about bringing in somebody who is uber talented and has a lot of vision. What happens when that vision does not align with? Uh, Matt rules is the question for me. So as we talk about this vision, going, I don't care as long as it wins. Shoot. Yeah. At I, what point? At what point is it okay to fire a GM? Like at what what time of the year? Like because I mean you don't want to fire him before the draft. Did it this year, ain't it? It would be like, like right now. Now, yeah, yeah, now. now. yeah you yeah. want them to start on the draft and free. Well, you want them to start on. You free want them agency? to be able to scout. And draft, yeah. I mean, you would want. That's why I've said, and I know Pat said it. We were right after the draft. The the fact that it wasn't done already is a travesty, too, man. And then also, uh, let's. We haven't even mentioned this. Now you're asking a general manager to come into a situation where he gets no say so in any of our staff. Our staff is in place. Our offensive coordinators in place. Our head coaches in place. All of that stuff is in place. 
normally that's not how you do it. You have a general manager that's exactly. a part of those decisions. Exactly. And that's not what we're doing. We're doing an ass backwards, man. But wouldn't he that's just be the president of football operations then? Like if if uh if we're gonna have Matt Rule be the guy, then we're missing a question here anyway. The, the big question is is Matt Rule even qualified to be a GM? No, I don't think so. He's not, but that conversation we had recently about you know, foolish GMs and slash owners who, you know, put people in those positions based on hype. I mean, Matt Rule has had a lot of hype this year, especially like around the media as well. Like regardless of how terrible the Panthers have looked at times, he's had a positive response from what I've been seeing. Yeah. So, but that that's, my, I guess my point is, is right now, either we have the person on the team that is going to be the GM, be it somebody in the background or Matt Rule. Or we're not firing Herney until after the draft. And then we all the things that you guys worry about with him uh, with the draft are out of the, you know, that's still going to be the same issue you, you're, you're worried about this year. So, I mean, I, that's why I'm saying right now, it should have happened a while ago. It should have happened when the regime changed happened over the yep. offseason. Yep. But it didn't. And now that's why I'm saying we're looking at a possible setback if we do it now. And that's why I'm afraid to get a quarterback. But, uh, That's not to, why for me. I think we shouldn't get a quarterback regardless. To, pi- to, to <laughs> piggyback on something, you know, on Jason's conspiracy theory here, listen, uh, having a head coach but your general manager at the same time is a recipe for disaster. Number one, Bill Belichick might be the best head coach of all time, but I don't know if y'all have kept track of his draft record. He ain't hitting on players, okay? And then you saw what happened to Bill O'Brien. They gave him the keys to the kingdom, and that man it, like set the Texans back years. There is a reason why these are two different positions. Well, I mean, Belichick you don't want the trades, right? Though Belichick well, trades and free agency, he always hits outside of uh, Sanu. He's right. in contracts. Well, he's one of yeah. the. We're talking about one of the greatest to yeah, ever you do. Anything. Yeah, you can't compare Bill Belichick and the Patriots to anything in the NFL. Right. That's so fair. Fair. Was Bill so O'Brien a better assume. GM or a better coach uh, or worse? Uh, he's not a good coach, so I don't think the answer could be a coach. But Wait, who? Wait, what? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. I oh, feel like he was a worse coach, coach say, than he up. was a GM. Do we, do we have to choose? I think like it was equally bad, bad on both, both counts. Yeah, okay. he's All right. bad. I, I think that's fair. Uh, here, I'm, I'm going to raise this question, you guys. It's from the chat room. Jarrett Jarrett Costin, thanks for the super chat. He said, Tepper messed up when uh, when Andrew Barry had his interview blocked because it wasn't a promotion. He wouldn't agree to fire or demote Herney. He has to go. That's Can a fact. someone? Uh, all right, Rashad, you elaborate on that because that's a fact. It's kind so, of yeah, so in, my in order, yeah, my bad. And, and I didn't mean to talk over you, but in order to um to to be hired, you have to uh you have to go laterally, right? You can't, or it has to be an upgrade. You can't come from one position equal to the other position. What happened was we had to let go of, of, of Marty Herney to make that happen. We didn't let go of Marty Herney to move in and, uh, Andrew Barry. Wow. That's where he messed up, and that's what he's saying. That's what he's pointing out. Shout out to Jared. Yeah. He's a Jack wow. uh, Cat for the um, for PNP. So shout out to Jared. But that's a good point. It's a great yeah, point. So the, the thing is, like, I think I remember we went over that, and yep. I wasn't too happy about that because I'm like, Facts. there was an opportunity to demote Herney, get him out of the paint. But because they couldn't demote it, they didn't demote him. The he was with the Browns before, or the Eagles, right? Who was he Eagles, with before? Eagles, Eagles. So he was with the Eagles before. So the Eagles could say no because it was a lateral job. It was a lateral. If it was a promotable yeah. job, the Eagles couldn't say no. 
They yes, didn't have a choice in the matter. So all we had to do was let go of or dip, just demote, just move Herney somewhere else in the building. Down. And then you have Andrew Barry as your GM. So Create we a position up. called first round pick guy and just put him <laughs> as the first round pick guy and, and, and get Andrew Barry in here. Yeah, by the way, Andrew Barry, that's the GM for the Browns now, right? Yes. Correct. And by oh, the way, yeah. have you seen his have you seen his draft? Have, have y'all seen what Tristan Works is doing for them? Like, man, Ooh, I'm yeah. telling you, man. I am too, man. And uh, dude, I, I'm telling you, like it people don't understand how bad this Marty Herney thing does, is. Does and one of the things that makes it so bad, but one of the things that makes it so bad, Tony, is that on its surface, it's not like a coaching. It's not like Adam Gates, where everyone knows that guy is a terrible head coach and the media at large is calling for his job. No, Herney is undercover terrible. So you have to dig into his numbers and his draft history and his free agent signings to understand how he's setting your team back. And that's even more dangerous because that's like the cancer that kills you slowly, man. He has to go. That's what that has to be. Uh, mission number one. I think Marty Herney is like Teddy Bridgewater. Manager. I think Marty Herney's like Teddy Bridgewater. He's just like poor, man. He's not terrible. He's not awful, and he's not great. Right? Is that, that's really what I feel? And I and the other thing I feel about this I is agree. the uh, the re- the real reason I don't. Uh, I've been very upset. Well, I'm not very upset. Like I can't sleep at night because of Marty Ernie. <laughs> I thought I thought when he got you remember when his wife said that he was you remember he went on that two week accused him yeah. yeah of stalking. I was like, All right, Ernie's out of here. Finally he's out. <laughs> I have seen teams in the past hire their coach and their GM separately and then they get into fights. Right, and it happened to the Jets. It happened with Chip Kelly and the Eagles, where they put the GM in the basement at one point. He was like in a different building or something. And I just like the idea of bringing in a GM and a coach together and saying, you guys live together and you die together. When we fire one of you, we fire both of you. Well, so just, you, you can't I agree. be pointing at each other saying like, well, if the coach would have done what I told him in the draft or the coach says if he would have given me better people, no, you both are in it together to win or lose. And I agree with you, but it, it does work in some instances. If you take a look at the Chiefs, uh, you know, you got Andy Reid. They had their GM, John Dorsey. They came in at the same time, but there was a disagreement there. Uh, somewhere along the lines, they disagreed. They brought in a new GM. Uh, Veach, I believe is his last name, and he came in and really put the icing on the cake for that team. He he's the one that came in, traded Marcus Peters, traded D four. We talked about this yesterday on our show. He's the one that really started to brought in Tyron Matthews. So it works in some cases. Obviously, I went best case scenario, right. but I'm just saying that it, it does work in some cases. But I agree okay. with your point. We yeah. do need to bring. We should have brought them in together at the same time. We didn't. We missed the boat there. All right. Uh, let me and uh, I'll pass the mic around on this. Is all right, we know that Marty Herney is not anybody's ideal candidate going forward. How does this team get better next year? Actually, no, before we do that, actually, I got one more one quick question before that. What do you want to see in the last four games of the season, guys? What do you want to see? What do you want out of it? Do you want wins? Do you want to see something? Do you want to – what do you want to see in these final four games uh, to finish this 2020 2020- Bizarre of a year season. 
I do want um, to see development in certain positions that I don't think I want to see any more wins at this point. Because I think we need to try to build around Teddy. I'm not trying to get a quarterback. I just want to try to get us in the best scenario to build around the quarterback that we currently have. Because I don't think we should be drafting a quarterback this year. Teddy's going to be here for at least another year. Probably for the next two. So at this point, I don't think, like, if we want to draft a quarterback, let's do it in 2022. I don't think it's necessary to do it in 2021. So I want to try to build around build around and try to show some level of progress. And then if we got to go get this quarterback, we go get that quarterback of 2022. And now we have something around him to work with. For me, it's real simple. I want to see Christian McCaffrey healthy. That's where it starts. That's where it ends. I've already seen a lot of really good progress from the players I wanted to. Brian Burns looks crazy. Uh, You know, Jeremy Chin looks really good. Even YGM when he's playing the game has looked good. I think, most of the players that are going to be around for the foreseeable future, at least for the next two years, have shown at least some level of very solid uh, growth and development so far this season. I mean, the problems I have with the team is really is really the O-line and uh, DBs. We haven't even seen very much. We've seen a little bit of our rookie uh, DBs. But for the most part, I mean – I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey being healthy and everyone else who I want to see progress out of. I've seen enough to make me think to already convince me they'll be good. They're going to continue to be even better next year. I'm not concerned about them unless they get hurt. Uh, but as far as it is, it really is C-Mac. It really is C-Mac. That's all. Pat, what do you want to see in the final four games? Um, For me, I want to, I want to watch this defense, man. I really don't care if we win any more games. I'm going to be honest. Um, but I want to watch this defense. I like what we're doing on defense, and I hope they continue to develop. Uh, Offensive-wise, I'm be honest. This is why I say I don't see no point of this whole Teddy Bridgewater because I want to see more of P.J. Walker. I want to see more of him. Now, I feel like that'll, that'll show us what this team could be in the future. Teddy Bridgewater, he's a solid quarterback, but I just feel like this was a waste of a signing. Um, so I want to see more of PJ Walker in these last few games just to see what he can do. He's a young quarterback. And to me, if if he's able to develop, there wouldn't be no reason for us to draft no quarterback in the first round. Um, I'm good with all our weapons on offense. Um, the O-line, I want to see them continue to develop. Outside of that, I don't care about winning no games, man. We might not win anymore, but I, I don't care. I just want to see the defense because the defense is starting to look exciting. They show some some positives, and I really, really like where they're going. So I want to see them definitely. CK, um, you know, I'm I'm in a similar boat. I want to see more PJ Walker. Uh, you guys are gonna rake me over the you know coals with this. I also want to see Will Greer. Um, I agree with that. You know, because you know, it, it, and I'll I'll go to the defense of a lot of people when they say, "Oh, he's garbage." He was put in in the worst possible scenario, a rookie quarterback could ever be put in. He was going Speak with on one it. of the he was going with one of the worst offensive lines against one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh and and you expected him to just throw throw bombs down the field. I mean, come on. It's not going to work that way. So I think we need to give him an opportunity to show what he's able to do in a different system with a coach who's actually going to be able to put him in a place to succeed. So we'll see what happens there. But I do think there should be an even mix between PJ Walker and uh Will Greer. I'm looking forward to that. But as far as wins I don't want to wish for wins or, or losses, but I will not be upset if the losses come. 
Rashad, the last four games, what do you want to see? And do you see a world where we see P.J. Walker or Will Greer in these four games uh, in this, the final weeks? Um, I, I'd argue that uh, the Josh Rosen was probably putting a little bit worse of a scenario than uh, the Will Greer, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but for the last four games, um, listen, it, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm not looking for wins or losses. Doesn't matter to me. At the end of the day, what I'm looking for, and it's a, a lot of you guys already touched on, it, touched on it, but what I'm looking for is situational coaching. What are what what are the coaches going to do in these these scenarios uh, where the game is on the line? Clock management has been awful. What are we going to do to improve there? I just want the coaching to improve. Um, and so whoever's starting at quarterback doesn't really matter. Teddy Bur- Teddy Bridgewater is going to be here next year. I know y'all don't want him there, but he's going to be here. Uh, he's going to be here next year and. Maybe the year after that, I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, just compete. And I'm looking to see uh, situational uh, coaching be a little bit better. What has been That's so all. awful about the plate, the clock management outside of, to me, it seems like it's with the quarterback not getting the snaps off, right? We like, never I mean, have all of our time out. We have all of our timeouts gone by the time the five minutes right. of the last quarter. All right, quarter. but is yeah. that on the do – you re- do you think that that's a co- – is that coaching players – um, and what are That's you? I'll, I'll put That's it to you this issue. way. No, no, I'll put it to you this way, and I'll just leave it as simple as this. And Rashad might be saying this, but I'm gonna go in and say it right now. Ron Rivera had a guy whose primary <laughs> job is to manage the clock. That was After his big years of. Did he do it? After yeah. years, he did he do it? Yes. No. Yes. No. <laughs> he was not good at it. Huh? He was not but good at managing a, that you clock. We never saw a Ron Rivera team Where? good at any of what that. Do you see what do you see that? What do you last, see the last season? That's when he. I think the last few seasons when he the was here. The last couple of years when he yeah. was here, he was better yeah. the clock management. But the yeah. thing is, we can always. The thing is, we used to beat up Ron when he first showed up as the head coach when it came to clock management, and it never got better. And damn it, Rule is arguably worse than Ron at this point. He's worse. He's worse and than Ron. The first, the first think, eight games, I didn't, I didn't think, or at least the first six games, I thought he was actually doing a really good job. No, I think here is no. late. It's been. He be, he was a timeout brother throughout the entire season. But like, how much leeway do you give a first year head coach on this? Like, Somebody that's got, making eight nine million brother, dollars a year. No, hey, Not too much. Yeah, it's still his hey, first listen, year. Reach through the bag at him. But what I'm saying is this, right? Whether we like it or not, no matter how much we paid that man, that's our head coach going forward. That man is supposed to be our one constant going forward, okay? So Matt Rule is here to stay. Like, at what point do we as Panther fans say, okay, man, let's look at this roster. It's not a great roster, okay? We have first-year head coaches, and they're all kind of learning on the fly. Like, at what point is our criticism – Unreasonable. I want to I'll be. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that I've been unreasonable. I don't care. Shoot, this the same family. Nobody want to stay around for all this, and you want to go through another twenty years of this. Look, man, we to talk about drafting a quarterback next year, letting him sit for a year, and then you know bringing him in. This is the same fan base not too long ago, meaning last year who was begging the front office to put Will Greer in when everyone knew it was a bad yeah. situation. This fan yeah. base wanted to see Will Greer. They were begging everyone to let yes, Will Greer play were. the game, yes, bro. So I'm talking about, man, we, you you draft a guy like Trey Lance. Let us let us be three and one. 
We lost the game. Put Trey Lance in. T- yep, I told you Teddy couldn't like do that right now. I told you Teddy couldn't do it. We're like that right now. Nobody don't talk like that in the Walker. Never gonna live behind this old line. We're gonna have next year. Oh, that's Plus, I don't believe this. That. So, okay. so, 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 Tony, just to, just to go back to your original question about you know the the clock management, I think Rule has come out and admittedly said that yeah, hey, yeah. We, we don't get the the plays in on time. So, I think a lot of people are you know they're they're calling Teddy and blaming Teddy for not sn- snapping the ball and the clock goes down. To it's zero. his fault too, Rashad. It, don't it Yes, it it might be. It might be on Teddy, but I'm not in the huddle. I'm not going to sit here and say for sure it's Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know that. None of us here. You can see he be trying to figure out the defense. He can't figure it out. He does audible with ten seconds left. Yeah, he changed his mind. You'll be. Did you hear him? Did you hear that last? Was it the last game? He said, "Oh, I lied." Did you hear him say that? (laughs) Oh, I lied. (laughs) He said, "I lied." No, wait a second. Dang, what? Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen Teddy Bridgewater rush, except for that last play when he hurt his arm. Oh, that was the most right. I've ever seen him rush to the line to <laughs> like right. get a snap off, and that was just so he can get off the edge of the, uh, get off the field at that point in time. I don't really have a problem with uh, us burning timeouts in the first half if it's going to potentially keep us from like ruining an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're on the and I and I feel like they've called those timeouts because they were concerned about Teddy being able to get the playoff. I felt like we've gotten away with a ton of delay of game penalties this season. I don't know how we've done it. I want to ask, I'll turn this question. Let's turn to Teddy Bridgewater for a moment. Um what did oh you boy. what were your thoughts of, of of Teddy Bridgewater after this past game? Uh in the way that he handled um the issues surrounding uh, the challenges that this team faced in the fourth quarter, particularly that final drive where they get the ball on the nine and can't do anything with it. Teddy Bridgewater comes out after the game immediately and says, basically, the play was late. We didn't have a good look. He said, we didn't have the look. We didn't have the look we wanted. I wanted to check to a run. What were your thoughts? And then he changed his tune a little bit on Monday, but not really. Um, What were your thoughts about Mm -hmm. Teddy? Actually, I'll put it this way. Has your opinion of Teddy changed throughout this season? Yes. Absolutely not. This is the same. I feel like this, man. (laughs) The background. I feel like this, man. So you've talked about how, like, Teddy's been, like, I'll call him five because I've been calling him five on Twitter since that game. Five has been somewhat lackadaisical, then be kind of chill. Oh, everything's good, which is understandable. You just got paid. You might make $63 million if your contract runs through. So life is good for you, bro. I mean, what do you really have to worry about? I mean, yeah, you are, I guess, you're still responsible for the team here and there. And you still have all that pressure, but you good pretty much. You're already paid. That's, that's how I look at it. And he's never really been that franchise quarterback that a lot of people thought he was personally. And I feel like that immaturity that he displayed kind of improved that even more. True. It, it made me angry. So I'll be the first to say it. Like I, that was the that, first time that was the first time I've ever been pissed off at him. 
Everything he does makes me angry, man. Because listen, yeah. <laughs> the, the man, the man, listen, the man can throw the ball down the field. He chooses not mm-hmm. to do so. I'm telling you, man, he will stay on that first progression too long. And, and dude, he has these weird moments where he'll miss a wide open guy in the flat. Like there, there is nothing like about Bridgewater <laughs> that 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 up, says bro, Teddy didn't miss in the flat. I mean, Cam didn't miss in the flat, bro. Listen, what I'm saying is this: Teddy Bridgewater, what Jason said is true, has never demonstrated the ability Leadership. to be a franchise quarterback, both on or off the field. And then him not taking responsibility for damn near tearing DJ Moore's ACL in half, bro. That's unacceptable. And we know this man reads Twitter. Man, he was going back and forth with Panther fans. So you know that everyone bitches about your arm talent. You know that everyone says you're not aggressive enough. You hear all the criticisms about you, and yet you do nothing to answer them. Bro, come on, man. And, like, I really don't understand people that are are saying that, that we have potential to build around him. What are you building around? Bridgewater does nothing for the football team, bro. Even a first-year quarterback with more guts than him is going to do more for this offense. And the proof in the pudding is P.J. Walker. Pat, how has your opinion of Teddy Bridgewater, or has it changed throughout the season? It has definitely changed. I'll be honest. When it came to Teddy Bridgewater, I thought he was a good guy. Um, I like the the I, I initially like I mean, I was OK with the signing and it, even though it didn't make any sense, I was OK with it. Um, and even with his talent, I try to give him some, some slack dealing with we don't really have the offensive line. This is his first year here. You know, this is his first uh, year with Matt Rule. So I was trying to give him some slack, man. And even with the bad games he had, y'all know y'all watch my show, man. I wasn't real big on him. I call him a game manager. Um I was I was all right with it, um, but just this last game, yeah, that that was icing on the cake for me, man. Yeah. Because really, that first that Saints game, that were really, really uh kind of threw a light switch on for me. I was like, man, you two buddy buddy with the enemy. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you smiling for the look. Cam used to smile, but you smiling at the wrong time. We losing. Like, what are you doing, man? You're like, you was just people off, dabbing everybody up sitting on the bench with him in the middle of the game. What is you doing? Mm-hmm. And so that last game is like, no, nah, man, I ain't get it. With the interview y'all talked about, it was terrible. Because I actually watched that interview live on my show right after the game. And I said, this don't make no sense. You ain't even answer the questions. You pushing the blame. And Polo to Matt Rule, he had to take all the blame. Yeah, we didn't get the call in from Teddy. Like, we, man, come on, man. And you actually, yeah, it was the coach's fault. Yo, you really coming off as a mark, yo. I mean, and I hate to say that. I hate to call him a mark on your show, but that's how you coming off. He is coming a mark. Off as a mark. He coming off right, as a weirdo. Me, what do y'all mean by this term, mark? You a mark? That's all. Because marks don't know what mark means, so you might. <laughs> 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 nah, nah. Um, I pretty much call that. I call uh, anybody I don't like a mark. So okay. Um, yeah, I, I would mean, say, you, I mean, that's an old school. That's an old school when he slang word. I, yeah. It's I an old school. It. What? It's a slang term. You ain't never heard oh. Mark. You ain't never heard ice cream. No, I heard like about it. Like, yeah, like back in the eighties. I didn't like know if somebody right. Somebody, somebody see you on the street with your head like that. They're gonna say, "Oh, that's a Mark," and they're gonna <laughs> run your pockets, man. Ooh. 
Yeah, they gonna run. <laughs> they ain't, they know that this. They know him on Trade Street. Hold up. Wow. Oh, that's a mark. They gonna see this hair and they're gonna be like, "Shit, I don't want to end up in uh, swimming with the fishes." Oh, that's what they gonna say. see this hair right here, bro. Tony Montana, and it's it's tame right here. My mom's maiden name is Pansini, homie. Oh, all right. So, man, you ain't no Mark then. I got a. Yeah, I do have some opinions about the way Teddy look. Is that I'm kind of middle of the road on Teddy for a lot of things. Is like. I think that people can be too hard on him in some cases, but I do have some real issues with some of his limitations. I won't say issue. I don't know what I'm saying. Like his, I think he has a, a ceiling that is pretty low, a floor that's kind of high at point. But there's, I didn't like the way he handled that particularly is that he just didn't take any accountability. It, oh. And I don't need you to like kowtow to me as like, you're not trying to impress me, Teddy. But I felt it, it was it re, it resembled a little bit to me like Tom Brady after that uh, that game where he thought there was another down, and then he went into the press conference and he's like, oh, "I was just trying to get a chunk, man. We need a chunk." <laughs> and you're like, "Dude, you should have just said I fucked up. I made a bad throw." Um, and then is that hold your children tight when Teddy drives by in that minivan? It's sketch. It's sketch. He's going to throw you in there. He's going to throw you in that minivan and kill you. Rashad, how do you have, has your opinion of Teddy Bridgewater changed specifically? Um, and also, can you address kind of what happened after this past game and the way he handled uh, his performance? Yeah, no, I, I, my opinion of Teddy really hasn't changed. Um, but I will say that, you know, I, I've said it on Twitter, I've said it on my show. Uh, as a, someone who I do support Teddy, I'm a Teddy supporter. Um, and I'm not like a super fan. Like I, I like Teddy, I like him and, uh, I support him. And I thought, but I, I thought he didn't, he didn't handle that properly. Uh, he obviously should have taken some blame. Um, he should have took some responsibility. Even if you, even if you were right in what you were saying that, uh, you know, the call didn't come in, blah, 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 whatever, you still had an opportunity to hit TJ, DJ more wide open in the end zone. All that being said, you still had a chance to, to make it up. All right. So and you got to take responsibility for missing the dude. He came back at the next day and said, hey, I messed up. Obviously, it's a little too late, but I don't I don't agree with the way he said it. But I'll, I'll say this. I'll just say this from Teddy's. Just just think about this for a second. I said this on my show. Teddy, you got to understand where Teddy came from. Teddy came from New Orleans Saints, correct? Yes. He was five, five and zero with the New Orleans Saints. Right. So mm-hmm. Teddy's probably been in a situation where he's used to not, he's used to having a guy that's not going to panic in these situations. All right. So what he said may have been not the proper way to think, maybe not the proper way to display it. But you got to understand where he's coming from. Right. He's he's come from a system. Dude's got it under control. And then you come to a, a, a system with a bunch of first year coaches that don't quite know what they're doing. He said it publicly. Shouldn't have did it. But you got to understand where he's coming from, from that aspect. Again, I don't think Teddy's the greatest, greatest quarterback ever. OK. But I think he is who he is, and you you cannot ignore what he did with the Saints. Okay, given all all that was around him, what he threw the ball like twelve times a game. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He played five the, games on a team that had a remarkably improved defense, and he did point. not lose the games. He did not. That, there was not a that, but one game that he. There was one game I think he kind of like showed yeah. out a little bit. But other yeah, so than that, that he just didn't. F- crash the car mm-hmm. that's my point yeah that's my point 
right? That's my point. And that's why I'm saying it's it's there is there is a pathway for Teddy to be okay. And we have to even no matter and my, my thing is this, listen. No matter who the quarterback is, you need to proceed in the same direction. You still need to build your team, right? Yeah. No matter who the quarterback is. That's my point. And so when you introduce that new quarterback, He's gonna be he's gonna be straight because you built the team properly. No matter who let the quarterback me, is. Let me push back on this one point about the panic concept. He said the words panic, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, I think we mm-hmm. panicked a little bit. Do you really think that Joe Brady panicked necessarily? Or do you think that they were really like, I mean, maybe he was was he just slow to process what was going on? Because all I heard was this. All I heard from Teddy for two days straight was, if we have five more seconds, I would have checked to a run. He said it like seven times. I would have checked to a run. The look wasn't there. How is the look not there when DJ Moore is wide open? Wide open. The wide look open. is yeah. there. A, I agree. No, and I agree. B, why is Teddy? I call him Tea Party Teddy. He's so conservative. Tea Party Teddy don't want the ball in his hands when it matters. I I, I can't I can't argue that he should have hit DJ. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit up here and say I, I'm not in the huddle. I don't know if he panicked or not. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna speculate whether that's the case or not. But I will say, even in that scenario, even after DJ, uh, even even after DJ was missed wide open, it was fourth and three. Coaching staff probably could have still went for it and mitigated I some agree. of that. I agree. So, so again, panic. That's part of the coaching staff panicking. You, it's part of it. It's part but of it. Rule critical did say, he said if it was I like it. Rule's answer. He said if we were on the two, I would have gone for it. But from the I mean, three, he on. said yeah. we had not had that, any success. And he did say that. Like, look, is that our offense couldn't do shit. So thinking they would have one more play – would help them. All right, let's uh I know you guys got a lot to do tonight. We got a couple last kind of things to tie up and then we'll get to the cat calls. Um and let you get we'll let you guys be on your way. What do you think? Uh what are your thoughts on the defense and Phil Snow, guys? Um David, you want to start us off here? I I think the defense has been improving significantly over the past couple of weeks. And I've been impressed with how well they've been playing over the past few weeks. Um, that being said, I'm 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 happy that he made the decision to freaking sit. They just made the call to sit Whitehead because that was long overdue. But at the same time, I want to see more. I still think they need more pieces on that end. I know we've been complaining about the offense a lot. I mean the defense a lot all season. And the defense is finally showing stride at the end of the year, but I still think we need some more pieces. There. I still think we need a middle linebacker. Um, but I think the defense is finally hitting the stride. It looks like folks are believing in what Phil Snow's trying to do. I gave Phil Snow a massive amount of heat at the beginning of the stride because they were terrible, man. They couldn't stop a run to save his life. I could have been an all-pro running back running behind that line at one point. It was bad. <laughs> but now they're, they're showing it, and hopefully they can keep that. You know, we, we said the same thing about the um, – we could, as long as they can keep that, I think we'll be fine. I know people last week was trying to blame the defense for the loss to the Vikings. I'm like, I'm not blaming some. I'm not blaming a side that scored more points than the damn offense. Can't do it. Won't do it. Refuse to do it. So, I, he's he's going in the right direction. Pat, and I don't think been, he's going anywhere for a while anyway. So, 
Pat, but have you been uh, surprised, impressed, or disappointed by the defense in Phil Snow? Man, it's still hard to tell, man. Some some games he looks like he knows what he's doing, and other games is like, man, make some adjustments. So I, I'm I'm still kind of confused on this Phil Snow guy. I talk about him all the time. Um, one game is like, man, I really don't like this dude. I don't think he's gonna get it. Then other game is like, okay, I I like it. Um, so I just want to see more consistency from this guy. You know, I ain't gonna beat him up too bad. Um, especially after that last game, and, and he can thank um Jeremy Chan for that. But uh, I want to see more. I ain't gonna beat him up. I I just want him to be more consistent, and we'll be able to see you know with these last few games. That's part you know that's part of what I want to see from the defense. I want to see what Phil Snow can do. Yep. Shelly Tron, are you uh, impressed, disappointed with this defense and Phil Snow? I like it. I've always liked it. Outside of the first, I think, three weeks, I thought that Phil Snow showed that he can adjust. I think the first two or three weeks, there weren't adjustments. I think he showed that he can adjust. I think this defense has always been bend but don't break. I think a lot of us get kind of uh, worried about yards being how teams win games when it's points we found some pretty good offenses to field goals in spots where we honestly shouldn't have we gave up first down after first down after first down get to the three yard line and they kick a field goal and then it becomes our offense gets a chance at the end of games to score to either go ahead or tie and we lose games so i can't say that the defense was the main reason we lost games or was like a huge huge problem like we were giving up a lot of touchdowns or they were so bad that it was we need a huge overhaul between what was happening early middle part of the season and now and the defense is way better now defense is actually getting the ball taking the ball away and we're seeing some really big progression out of guys like brian burns who we always knew would be a star but didn't exactly you know he didn't have he, he had a little he had an injury last year that kind of derailed that we're seeing guys like jeremy and Chen, Robert now, and he was Gunner too. Playing I mean, Gunner, that, that'll limit you too. Yeah, and and also Eric Washington, who I thought was a buddy buddy hire that uh that made me really just off the whole Ron Rivera train. I was an apologist for Ron Rivera for a long time. Eric Washington was a horrible, horrible defensive coordinator. Lost his job anyway. That's not the point. The point <laughs> is that I can go a long time about Eric Washington, but uh the point is that we we have a defense in a in a in a coordinator who is willing to adjust. Now, sometimes, in like in that next game, it took him a little bit. It took him a, a second or two to to actually adjust. It took him a whole half when I think every single fan sitting in their on their on their couch knew what the game plan was defensively against Drew Brees, and it took Phil Snow a little bit too long to figure that out. But they only had two field goals in the second half of that game, and we had a chance to win. So, I mean, I think that for the for a good amount of time now, the defense was really good. They've gotten better. I, I think that Phil Snow in his second year with these players who are going to be getting better next year can only it can only go up. It can really only go up. I mean, even if, even if nah, we're going to be really good next year. I'm straight with it. CK, your thoughts? I mean, I, I, it's hard to really uh, make any other assumptions based on what everybody said at this point. I I, I agree. I think. Uh, I mean, we're on an upswing. You know, that's my main thing. We're on an upswing. Um, I still think it's important that we acknowledge that Jeremy Chen was a uh, two months in a row now of a uh, defensive uh, player, a uh, rookie of the month. So I think we've uh, got a, a pretty good uh, player there. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's able to accomplish as the future continues to go on. But other than that, I just, 
I think we're a, a team with a high ceiling, and uh, I just want to see us continue to progress, you know, in a positive way. Rashad, do you um, what do you think about Phil Snow? Uh, for me, I just feel like, hey, is that this guy has done a lot with very little um, yeah. limited talent. Uh, I've always described this team as uh, that's this defense specifically is half rookies, half bums. Um, and somehow they've not been allowing 45 points a game. Right, I mean, really, the points per game has been pretty solid this game. The bend and not break. Your thoughts on Phil Snow and this def- this young defense? Yeah, no, I, I like I like what Phil Snow has done the last couple games. Um, they're turning the corner here. I think he uh, over the last two games, I think we've seen a, a lot more pressure, um, partially getting out of those little three man rushes, um, bringing some bringing some more blitzes. That's what I, I like to see. It's improving. Um, I, I was killing the man for the three. I was about to change my, the name of my podcast to Three Man Rush. I was going to call one of you guys to come on, and I changed <laughs> to Three Man Rush uh, because that's all we saw. Um, but uh, but yeah, he, he's improving, man. He's improving, and I, I like what I see out the defense. Like you said, they're young. They were they were limited with some talent. Um, even you know, Kwan Short goes down. Uh, Eli Apple is supposed to have him. He doesn't. He's not around. So yeah, again, like you said, there's not a lot to work with. Um, and he's turning the corner right now, um, and we just got to bring the offense along now. I think the offensive uh, – listen, I was I was the guy that's saying, hey, our defense wasn't playing good, our, uh, our offensive line wasn't playing good, but listen, that's been no excuse for the last two games. So we got to bring the offensive, offense, uh, the offense along, and uh, hopefully we can kind of put it together. That's kind of what I'm looking to see over the last, the last uh, four games. Shout out to Slim J in the chat room. Uh, he says, I type in all caps because I do it big. And he also was saying Teddy was a leader on that fourth down run uh, in the Chiefs game. I think this is every time we've seen Teddy make a great decision, it's been about running the ball, either handing it off or running himself. Guys, as you've mentioned, look, is that the expectations were low, lower going into this season than they've been for a while for Carolina Panther fans. And that's made it easy for me. Like I have everything. I've been playing with house money all season long. Right. Is that like here is like, what's the worst that's if we're in the fact that where these games are watchable and we're close and we've won a couple is is a big, it's like a win for me. Um, How do we improve over the next year? through free agency and the draft. And I know that's a kind of a, a loaded ass question that can go so many ways, but if you want to kind of list, not li- what, what do you think the kind of areas of need in that order are going forward? I'll start with Jason. Okay. This is awesome. I've been waiting to talk about this. So personally, I'd say go corner first. Then if Sewell is somehow not available, hold off on offensive line personally. Then maybe if not a corner, then go after a middle linebacker or Kyle Pitts. So you're saying secondary improvement, offensive yep. line, and then was offensive line number two? Offensive line. I feel like offensive line and tight end are kind of neck and neck for me right now. I have to see more, honestly. Don't say tight end to Tony, man. He'll he'll flip out on you. Here's my thing. He believes drafting a tight end in the first round is scant amount to burning a Bible on top of the American flag or something like that. 
My thing is this. Usually it what is. other option do they have? They hey, don't man. have a tight end right now. This is an NFL team that barely utilizes their tight ends outside of blocking, and that's a problem in 2020. And yeah. the only tight end that's really worth going after in the first round, personally, is Kyle Pitts. Everybody else, like, yeah. is like, eh, Dude, okay. I've heard so many tight ends being floated out as the next best thing. And, you know, Greg mm-hmm. Olson was the next best thing in 20 – was that 2011, 20 – it was maybe 2010, somewhere in there. Um, we wanted to draft. I remember Joey wanted to draft Greg Olson, and he went to the Bears, and we ended up trading. For, and he didn't do much in his first two years. I've heard OJ Howard. I've heard Jack Doyle. I've heard Hunter Henry. And look, is the only two tight ends in the league right now that are making that type of impact were not drafted in the first round. Rashad, what do you think the ways to improve? What do you think the the importance ranking of importance going forward to fix this team? And real quick, before you go, Rashad, shout out yep. to my man Carl for the $9 love bomb, man. Appreciate you. Sorry, your Twitter account. And uh, throwing, in the, throwing in the chat. Or Slim, in J. The chat. Slim J with the $5 as well. Yeah, Slim. Yeah, Tony mentioned his. Oh, did yep. he? Oh, my bad. I missed it. Yeah, so for, so for me, it's, it's about uh, it's about positions of value, right? We've been we've we've paid running backs. We we know how that goes, um, but we got to shift. We got to shift to to positions of value, right? We've ignored the offensive line. We're, we we talk about drafting the quarterback for the next ten years. Well, I like to see us draft a left tackle for the next ten years. We haven't had a left tackle since Jordan Gross here, <laughs> so please go get me a left tackle. Um, and again, I'm not saying leaps for it. The long-term left tackle, yes, that's what I mean. So I apologize, but yeah. So I, I mean, I mean, I don't want us to reach for it. So right. I, I think Pinay Sewell is is the top guy. I don't think he's going to be there, and yeah. I'm not. I think there's a huge drop off from that point. But if we're in range, we really need to figure that out. Whether it's the first, second round, we got to get us a left tackle for the long term. Uh, that's priority number one for me. But again, BPA, I do like Micah Parsons a lot. Uh, I like Caleb Farley a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm with the cornerbacks, offensive line, um, and really BPA. But it, if, if, if it falls the way it falls, Micah Parsons, uh, Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertain, a left tackle, uh, somewhere in that range. Is, that, uh, is there a scenario that you um, could see a quarterback being the best player available? Sure, absolutely. And if it falls to you? Hey, it is what it is. You evaluated your guy. That's your guy. He fell to you. Take him. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with it. I'm just con- there's concerns behind it, but I don't have a problem with it. My mama is in the chat room. <laughs> My mom's in there, and she said, "What? I said you're the gumata of the century. We're using Italian terms here. That's what I was saying, moms. Um, all right, uh, Pat Coltrane." How do what do you want to see fixed on this team going forward, or how do you envision it being fixed? I like Jason's uh, contention of a corner. I think they're expensive. I always think of expensive positions in free agency: left tackle, defensive end, corner, quarterback. I guess that's all the things we need. Are all expensive in free Position, agency? Positions of value. Yes. Yeah. That's why they're expensive. Um, Pat, where do you see this team needing help? I saw, I think it was Shelatron that mentioned earlier, strong safety. We'll get a left tackle before we get a strong safety. We haven't right. had a strong safety since damn Mike Minter, <laughs> homie. Mike Minter. 
Right. So I'm kind of like Rashad, man. I think this whole off season we need to focus on this offensive line. I'll be I'll be good with that if they can just focus on this offensive line. I want us to have that mindset that Jerry Jones had one year where he just said, "I want to have the best offensive line in the league," and I feel like that's what I want us to do. Um, I want us to attack that in free agency. I want us to attack that uh, in the draft. Um, Of course, we might not get everybody saying so well. If we don't, I'm good with that. Then I'm like, like Rashad said, best player available. And I just don't believe that the quarterback position is going to be that. Um, um, So offensive line, uh, definitely linebackers. We definitely need linebackers. I'm be honest. I would like to get some more uh, veteran presence on the defensive front. Um, just so uh, Derek Brown is going to need that. We, we see how much uh, impact he can have. If we can have another uh, veteran defensive lineman, I think this defense would definitely be a, a lot better next year. Um, so offensive line, linebackers, and uh, defensive line. Um, I'm, I'm kind of putting defensive line above our DB situation just because I know it's an ugly situation right now. Um, but I feel like if we can somehow retain Rasul Douglas, um, um, pick up some, you know, second tier cornerbacks, man. But I feel like it, you really win in the trenches, man. Hey, so, Pat, can, can you say that one more time, man? man look, 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 and I'm only doing this. <laughs> I love Rasul Douglas, dude. He's like my I'm favorite just, look, player on this team. But look, but who balling out? Since you want to talk about it, he's who is balling out right he's balling, now, bro? He's balling. He's okay. balling. That's he's all been I'm put say. in some very tough oh, whoa, whoa. situations. Is he sixteen million say... dollar a year balling though? Heck no, yeah! No, you you for crazy? Real. That's crazy. That's crazy. No. Yeah. No. Relax. Yeah, we've been on here too. He's not even the, the top paid corner right now. Y'all serious right now? It's a setup. You giving him sixteen a year? You giving him sixteen a year? No. Heck yeah. Oh no! Crack. That's crack. I think y'all talking different things. That's why y'all never had nothing nice. That's why y'all team never gonna have nothing nice. I think y'all talking about two okay. different things though. Pat Pat was talking about Bradbury. Oh yeah. no 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 oh 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 no no no! I'm sorry. Appreciate it, Rashad. Appreciate it, Rashad. I thought she was talking about two. Okay, no no. Definitely because I feel like Rasul. No, I will say this: Rasul Douglas is he's he's a baller, um, but I haven't seen enough from him to want to pay him franchise money. You know what I'm saying? I I think he's a baller though. He's shown he's a decent too. He's, he's a decent two. Yeah, he's, he's had to yeah, go up against uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He's had to go up yep. against a lot of good players. So they haven't done him any favors in the matchups. He's been a, in a difficult situation throughout the season, but he's instantly become a leader on this team, which is very important. I think that is probably if we didn't make the Rasul Douglas acquisition, this defense would be would have been ugly. Atrocious. Yeah. Oh my God. It would have been ugly. <laughs> And and better and I'll say this better Rasul than Dante Jackson. Please. Agreed. Oh, Agreed. Get him, yeah, get I think him that's off clear. of the get him off of Mike Evans. Get him off of all the number one corners. Put that man in the right position to succeed. We are doing him no service by he needs to be by that nickel killing. position right there. Exactly. No, they're gonna put him on corner. the street, Tony. That's corner, where they're gonna bro. put down. He's not a, he's not an outside corner either. Cody, your thoughts on Cody, your thoughts on how to build this team going forward? Uh, listen, man, I, I think that this defense still needs some work. I think we need two corners. 
Uh, I think we need another free safety because Trey Boston is not a long-term answer. Uh, the man still cannot tackle to save his life, uh, and that's a problem. Um, how about this, man? This is the worst linebacking core that I can remember seeing for the Panthers in four ever y'all and Maybe i know it got ever. a little bit better after whitehead sat on the bench but man and it's like i've been asking and i think we're all kind of wondering this to some degree like is our line back and core just that bad or are we finally seeing what it's like to not have 59 on the field i think that's what it is and, it's the and it, yeah it's i mean honestly it's probably a little bit of both of them if we're being honest so i mean yeah our defense still needs some work um Listen, man, I'm just, I, I mean, I, I know I'm a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse over here. Uh, I just don't want the Panthers to be picking top 10 uh, the next couple of years. Uh, I believe we can do all the things that we want to do while picking a quarterback first, should that guy fall to us. Kind of like Rashad said, um, if we have the player that, that we trust and that our building loves, and man, I'm all for going, uh, grab the quarterback uh, of the future and then look there are guys that are going to be uh, available later on in the draft uh alex leatherwood from alabama uh there's a few guys from notre dame on the offensive line uh who are some named talents like it, I, there's this notion that like you have to spend like a, a year or two of first round picks on the offensive line and while that might be nice it's not necessary i mean sometimes you're just a few pieces away and I don't think our offensive line is very far away from being competitive, man. But we just need to sign Taylor Moten. And I'm not, I don't know if that's going to happen, man. And that's embarrassing to be very real with you. The fact that Taylor Moten might not be here next year, dude, that's embarrassing. I don't think it's, uh, I don't know. I, that's a problem. That's not really a problem to me, actually. Like, that's a, that's one of those, well, it is a problem, but that's going to be, no, 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 listen, 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 listen. The thing about Taylor Moten is you you really couldn't have it, – it's, it's no one's fault. Were you going to extend Taylor Moten last year over over both, over both Shaq Thompson and uh, over uh, Bradbury? Yep. Or both of them? In a heartbeat. In yep. a heartbeat. And, you, and you were going to sign Chris McCaffrey to that same deal? I'm not nope. sure you can – oh, well, okay. Absolutely well. not. No, I wasn't. That oh, okay. Ding, ding, ding. Well, that's, right the, that's, that's, that's exactly the, you don't sign Chris McCaffrey to a long term deal. Absolutely not. Was also, I think, a PR move because yeah. once you got rid of all your yes, players, you got yes, rid of Cam, Luke, she- yeah. TD, all those guys, you have to show a little faith with a name brand dude like C Mac. So that wasn't just getting a paying a running back, that was also making sure fans don't go to the Patriots or the Seahawks, something like that. That was a move to make sure you retained some semblance of. Of your fans, so that's part of it. That's part of it, but uh, but I'm not sure you could you could have done it two years ago. You couldn't do it two years ago. Last year, you would have had to not sign C-Mac most likely and let go of either uh oh get rid of Shaq Thompson and James Bradbury at the same time. And then this year, I mean, there's no point. The thing is, Taylor Moten could just why would Taylor Moten ever pick up the phone? He has no obligation. Yes, it would be it would be stupid of him to ever pick up a phone when Martin Honey calls. And that's Injury. the point. That's the that's the point. That's the whole point with the GM talk. That's, well, yeah. that's the exact point. We have zero leverage. It's too far gone now. It's yeah, too far gone. The thing is, though, if you want if you wanted to sign him last year, I get you. But you have to lose out on a couple things 
Thanks. And especially the C Mac deal. I don't think he can sign C Mac and tell him onto that deal he wanted. I, and, and I would not have signed C Mac. Rashad, I, I, I said I wouldn't sign him either. But Shell, how about this? And we're paying Bridgewater and Shaq Thompson. Uh, 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 listen, uh, uh, Shaq Thompson and Bridgewater, have they proven to be worth the money that they gotten paid this offseason? I would have preferred Bradbury. No. But by the way, by the by, uh, Taylor Moulton is grading out according to a bunch of different me- metrics as the best right tackle in football. I don't know if people know this, but uh, a franchise right tackle like that it's hard to come by, man. And that's one of the most uh, yep. highest paid positions in football. Marty yeah. Hurd should have known this, should have gotten ahead of this, and solidified that position, especially, especially after he traded a Pro Bowl player away for a lease contract on Russell O'Kong. That that's was a not good move, move, Cody. The trade for O'Kong was a move. That was a trade dump. That was a money dump. But the thing yeah, about yeah. that is, Okay, I'm. I don't. I didn't want us to sign Shaq Thompson. I was cool with us not giving that money. Also, I like I said before, I was cool with us going ahead with uh, Kyle Allen this year over Teddy Bridgewater. But I would have spent the money on Bradbury easily. Agreed. First off, first and foremost, I was one of the. I said it before last year, like in March before the draft. Even I said you have to, you have to sign James Bradbury, extend him now because if you do not, someone else is going to pick him up and they're going to look good. Now, do the Giants look good? They look better than expected. They look. Pretty good right now, actually. But James Bradbury has always been for the last three years. Well, I guess you count this year, it's four. Four years straight of having very, very solid numbers. If I can just real quickly, just let you guys know, of the of the big three receivers in our division, the Mike Thomas, uh Mike Evans, and then uh and and Julio. Julio. They only have they've combined in the 18 games they played against us for three 100 yard games. None of those 100-yard games have ever come in the same year, and none of those guys have ever had the had ever had more than one 100-yard game. So why did no one in our organization find value in resigning that man? Because the whole fan base. They stupid. They stupid. Let's not hold, hold, Let's not put it on the on the front office because there was a ton of fans who said James Bradbury was not good and said that no, he was not Rashad. Nope, that's not true. That's not true. That's all. Listen, now put it put it in perspective. The only the only GM in the National Football League that was gonna give him that 16 million dollars is David Gilman. Let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. Now I agree we should we should have signed him, we should have re-signed him. Okay, just the sixteen million per year. Come on, a man. Bit rich. Stop saying that sixteen. It ain't exactly sixteen million per year, man. Come on, man. And you know he would have took a discount. You knew he would have took the Carolina Panther discount, man. Don't do that. I don't think he wanted to be in Carolina anymore. And you know what? I don't need. I don't need. I don't have to take Y'all are not listening to me. In retrospect, y'all not listening to me, man. I get it. Retrospect, wouldn't it be better for us to have just assigned Moten? Um, instead of like, not instead of Bradbury in a way, like, I mean, we didn't get Bradbury, but we should have, my question, to you guys a little bit, we got Moten now, we got Moten now, Chris McCaffrey's contract and, and, and no James him. Bradbury. Y'all acting like we are in a much better position now with Taylor Moten. Y'all keep saying, Oh, I'd rather sign Taylor Moten. Okay. We about to sign him. 
We're not. And, no, and we have no DB. Well, we're going to tag him for sure. That, we don't even know we're going to sign him yet. If we would have signed Moten, I mean, we're we definitely not signing him. Look, Moulton. when when they start spreading rumors, we ain't going to sign somebody. It's going to be not signing him. We're not signing yeah. Well, then how sure. can we really – how many positions can you replace on that offensive line all at once? All I mean, five. We're, <laughs> we're doing all this talking about Moten and everything, but what if they just slap a franchise tag on him and call it a day? Whoa, I, I love it. That's, that's what, what they're, they're going to do. That's probably that's what they're going to do. That's, 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 that's nothing, no yeah. insider or anything. That's just a take. Yeah, I but, think, like – they're going to slap a franchise tag on them and then worry about that problem later because now, that's the now, Panthers' way. Now that's you have smart. a lease at left tackle and right tackle. No, we don't have a lease at left tackle anymore. The lease expires. Yeah, the lease expires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get oh, that. Okay. Even, yeah. even worse. Even worse. So now we have uh, uh, a need at right tackle, right guard. Uh, center is coming up with Paradis. Uh, left guard and left tackle. Like that. that that's what I'm saying. You, you've signed the players now so that you're not having to rebuild your entire offensive line. Yeah, at the end and of the day, at the end of the day, it's it's, a, it's about position of value, man. Like I said it like four or five times. We we don't we don't focus on the right positions. You get right. when you give yeah, it a run. As, like the thing is, the thing that people fail to keep forgetting is that we pay Christian McCaffrey. You know what that means? That means Harney ain't learned shit. Right, no overpaying running backs, bro. Like Still it was D'Angelo and Stewart before, but I don't no, get yeah. me wrong. McCaffrey, great running back, deserves that money. You okay. question why not whether or not we should have we should have been the one to give it to him. We didn't even There's play no hardball with him. He ain't have to negotiate or nothing. Well, he man, had walked to into the room and I was like, "Hey, we about to give you seventeen million a better average cap hit than Derrick Henry does. It's just like Shell said, man. The only reason we signed McCaffrey was because in the offseason, we lost Cam Newton, Luke Casey, Rego. No, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody, you, had to, you had to sign him. You really had to sign him. That's what it is. What it is. It's, it's a cost of doing business. It's a cost it of wasn't a bad. Yeah, and, and we're going to pay for it. And, and, and we're going to pay for it when it comes to building the roster. That's at the end of the day. All I'm going to say is this. I don't think so. All I'm going to say is this. And that all I'm gonna say is how many wins have the Panthers had this year when Chris McCaffrey has been on that field? Oh, and last yeah. year, and the year before that's that. That's right. If you if you said zero, you are correct. Mike <laughs> Davis was what undrafted or something like that. Undrafted, uh, but he's got four like wins. I think and he's this just is bowling the... people over, man. It's positional value. Mm-hmm. I think we have but, 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 is transcendent. It, He's a transcendent talent. One, so just lumping him together with regular running backs is like trying to say like Bo Jackson was a regular running back. Like, no, he's a more diverse player than that. I don't know if the deal was as absurd as we think it as is. As we want to make it out to be, and it particularly, isn't. Particularly when you go back to the one thing I want to make a comparison to is that when you guys bring up D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart um, as like him not learning his lesson, the problem was is he signed two running backs to big deals then. (laughs) That was the one problem. And on top of that, the salary cap was only $108 million at the time. So they were taking up like 25% of the salary cap. You know, it was insane. 
That okay. is, I don't think, I don't know if that's an apples to apples comparison of what Christian McCaffrey is is allotting to our salary cap thing, right? But oh, my fault, Tony. Go ahead, my fault. No, I, and I think he's been durable. I think he, in some ways, I kind of think of him here. as this: is that is that like, would you be upset if we were we signed a receiver to that type of money? And yeah. if your answer is no, because like, you know, whatever it is, $13 million a year or whatever it is, $15 million a year. And you brought 15. it, he can play. He's like a two player position. though. So, so that's, that's, that's cool and all, but check this out. The, it, so you're saying it's not as bad, right? But the fact of the matter is you can go out and get you an Austin Eckler. You can go out and get any. You can go out and get any running back, whatever undrafted running back, and force feed them 30, 32 catches a game, and they'll put up the same numbers McCaffrey did. Right. It's, it's, it's a matter. It's a. It's all a matter Whoa. of the amount. Of, it's all about opportunity. It's about opportunity. Go back to last year. How many touches does this man have per game? A lot, but if you look at the opportunity, <laughs> opportunity, yes, is, is important, but you can it's also all, look at that's all it is. It's, no, it's all it is opportunity. If you look at it, a lot of people want to look at his touches or look at his how many plays he's taken off. He was on the field 97% of the snaps. If you look at how many touches he had, he was on par with a lot of the uh, running backs in the league. It wasn't much different. He was still but, but destroyed. But, no, we get that, but, but the thing is, no, but that's not true. Now, I play fantasy. Like, there ain't too many running backs on the planet Earth that's getting 30 touches a game. Yeah, there like, isn't. There isn't that many. Like, yeah, you look at the numbers, touches. there isn't that many. You'll name Derek, even Alva Kamara. Alva Kamara, stud, great running back. He ain't even touching the ball 30 times a game. He just executes better what he got. So, it's like, me. when you go and look at running backs, Derek Henry gets 30 a game. Dalvin Cook gets 30 a game. McCaffrey gets 30 a game. You think they're ready to pay Henry that type of dough? You think they're ready to love Jonathan Stewart, man. I know we've had some great ones. Christian McCaffrey is incredible. Nothing about what he does makes him unreplaceable or worth the money that we paid him. Except for the fact that in two years he's going to be more expensive because the the running back value is going to be. But you can find another one. Look at the Chiefs. You can can just go. And find another one. Who <laughs> was the running back for the Chiefs last year? They had three of them. They had three of them. Yeah. What about the 49ers who was on the other side? They had of that game? They had like five they of them. They had like five of them. <laughs> I just take five of them and do a carousel of, of carries. But you get I, a carry. You get me, a carry. Let me have a lot of running backs, too, to be honest, man. If we would have just let him walk in the next couple of years, I wonder how happy y'all would have been about that. He said, well, okay, well, look. McCaffrey's gone now. Let's go find another one. Like, you don't would y'all let him be this happy? You don't let him walk. That's the, yeah, that's the point. You don't, been saying. you don't let him walk. You get something for him. That's you trade him while he's hot. You don't wait until last minute and let him go. If so now, if we got, that, if we if we turn around and got like a second, fourth, first round pick, it, the conversation like, changes yeah. because then like, you go get one. Year the deal is not hey, getting a first round. Let's pick. let's let's go about it this way, right? For the first four years of Cam Newton's career, most people considered him a running back quarterback, right? But we didn't trade him; we signed him, and it wasn't until 2015 that and he you know what? He was Bro, a running back. We signed him, right? We signed him to such a phenomenal deal. He ended up being in the bottom 15 of getting paid from a quarterback perspective this year. That was, no, 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 period. Like, think, he Matt fell Lyons down the hierarchy. He, he fell down that hierarchy. And Matt Stafford. 
Yeah, Cam was, was never the high pick. It was it was very quick. Kind of, was very Cam was like maybe maybe for like a year, if that. He was, he was never the high pick. Never. He was only Cam in top was never. like one year. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was not never the high pick quarterback, yeah. but he was he was up there when he signed his contract. He was up there. He wasn't bottom half of the league. I can tell you that much. It was but what I, it wasn't ever like record setting or like uh yeah, never. exactly. It was yeah. it was quality, high quality quarterback in the league. But what I'm trying to what I'm trying to make deal, the point he over he over got he got more money for that deal after the first year he played. He took them dudes to a Super Bowl after the first year of his deal. But what let me let me explain the, the Christian McCaffrey deal. It was a four-year extension, meaning he's still playing out his rookie contract. Yes. So if you look at that as an average over six years, he is not getting paid like you guys believe he's getting paid, right? Yes, he is getting paid a good amount of money as a top earner in the NFL. But from a cap hit perspective, he's actually getting paid less than Derrick Henry in that respect, from a cap hit specifically. You know, okay. Derrick Henry is making one million more cap specifically now salary is different uh than than uh christian mccaffrey is so it was a great deal in that respect because we got him for six years and at the end of the two-year mark we would have to pay more for him or yes you go get another guy but then again you can do another jordan scarlet you can have uh any corner you can get a running back who's just going to be a bust there's plenty of them out there that exist leonard fournette some might even argue yeah so so just address what you're saying so c-mac is making seven million this year Next year jumps to twelve million. Year after that, twelve million. But the problem, the problem with that is though, look at the you can't get out of that deal. After three years, you can. There's a potential yeah, out with an eight million with, cap hit. With eating the cap hit, eating the cap hit. Yeah, that that's and not. We're, we're so the used Panthers to that. and dead money are really exactly. bad right now. Dead no, 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 kings, man. We be out I here. Think, like, I, I think you guys got I want to bring up Christian McCaffrey's age. We are a very young team. Christian McCaffrey's young. DJ Moore's young. Curtis Samuel's young. Anyway, here, guys, we've we've been on for two hours now. So what I'm going to do is this: we're going to close out the battle royale section with uh kind of a series of questions and i'm gonna pose them all three to you one person at a time so you get i'll just knock them all out uh we'll start with with the elder statesman pat coltrane what's your biggest surprise this season your your biggest surprise this season your biggest disappointment this season and do you expect the panthers uh what do you think is going to happen in the revenge rivera match Um, I would say my biggest surprise is probably how well this defense is coming along. Um, also, I'm be honest, our wide receiving core; those are some big surprises to me. Um, biggest biggest disappointment. Uh, (laughs) I guess that would have to be something that I was excited about, but then, uh, let's see. Talk about it. Go ahead and say it. Mm, say I don't want to. I don't want to say the obvious. Yeah, um, I'm gonna just. I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna just go ahead and say Dante. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. That'll be my biggest disappointment, man. Mm. I feel sorry for Dante. Um, I want to see. I wanted to see more of him, and I just feel like he just kind of fell flat on his face, man. I'll, I'll say the biggest disappointment for everybody else. I'm gonna go ahead and say Dante. All right, Pat. While you got the mic, go ahead and tell them how they can find your channel. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Pat Coltrane. You can follow me on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Pat Coltrane. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Coltrane. Word up. Check them out. All right, let's go to David. David, biggest surprise, 
biggest disappointment? And do you expect uh, us to be contenders in the Rivera revenge match? Biggest surprise, Jeremy Chen. Okay. I knew it was going to be good. I didn't think it was going to be this good. Mm. Right. I mean, he's a, he's a baller. He's a baller. By he's far. a playmaker. He's a playmaker. That's what it is. Absolutely. Um, by far, it's Chen. Biggest disappointment for me, and I don't know if it's a full-fledged disappointment quite yet, but for me, we win a lot of games, man. And so for me, it's, man, six games could have changed by a player or two. Six. Mm-hmm. Or player. Worst opportunity. Yeah, man. Mm. Now, do I think we could have won the bowl this year? No, but like, because I didn't have high expectations this year, right? I had us going four and twelve, right? But the thing is, it was the way that we were losing these games, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was just like, and so like, I will be all hype, I'll be in it, and then all of a sudden, just like what happened Friday to bye week, I got a reminder that shit, we are four and twelve. We're about to go four and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that was like, and, and like, and I kept getting this dejection on a week to week basis. But I think in a couple of years, man, this team's going to turn around. We just got to make some adjustments, but we got a pretty, we got a set of studs in the draft this year. So I was, I was happy for that. Where can they find your work? Oh, wait, um, wait. Do you think we got a chance in the Rivera revenge match? Oh, uh, hey, Tank, no. You realize that's, nah. not, that, that's not next, right? Hey, who's but next? It's not, but it doesn't have to be. Broncos I might not be back. Broncos are next. You know, man. Oh, the Broncos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but now, nah, but if you want to talk about a Rivera revenge match, I mean, I don't I don't see us being able to stop hey, that no. rush, yo. That D line, bro. That D line. Don't kill Teddy. Nasty, man. Nah, man. we about to lose to a team with no name, bro. What about Denver? Rivera, Rivera, Rivera. If you guys think that Rivera liked the way it went down when he left, mm. he's going to show you how he felt about this. And he shit. about to be he analytical, Ron, Riverboat, Ron. Every name y'all was calling him, he's about to do that. He's going he he to start, he, he gonna start his press conference. He ain't going to have we no missed miss opportunities. I promise right. you that. Oh, man, he's going to kill it with that. Oh, man. All right, man. Uh, that's gonna be dope. Shellatron, what is your biggest surprise this season? Biggest disappointment? My biggest surprise, I think, is was uh was Pat's biggest disappointment. I thought that Rasul Douglas and Dante surprised me a lot. If y'all know me, y'all know I look. I, I, I people said I hated on Dante. I didn't hate on Dante. I kept it real about Dante. He was always at best a very inconsistent player who had really good uh athletic abilities who really never really used his brain at all on defense for the first two years when he was here he could he could run and he could jump but he really could not diagnose any sort of route combos he was guarding space guarding grass a lot and then you saw times last year where he would go to the media and blame coaches he would lie about uh reasons why he was out of position about routes look at the film you could tell very obviously that what he said and what happened on the field were two different, completely different things. Uh, but I think this year he had a lot of maturity. He got hurt. His biggest thing was he got hurt. Every hurt game. his little toe. Hurt his little, hurt his little toe. And uh, it, it wasn't the same. But I think that when he was on the field, he was always a, a net positive. Kind of like Corn Elder. I mean, maybe it's Corn Elder. Maybe Corn Elder. Because he was, before, he was a bully. He was just a bully. Corn Elder, he was on the field. You look at him and you throw him every single play. It, it, it could be a run running down. You find a way to just throw it at him. But yeah, it, it, Corn Elder was a was a target, 
And then Rasul Douglas obviously was a uh, was a dog. I mean, you see a uh, Eagles player, an Eagles cornerback, get cut from the Eagles. You're thinking, wait, why would you ever sign a player off the Eagles? And their secondary was worse than ours. Horrible. And, yeah. Yeah. They were. They were. They were just dog meat last year. But <laughs> Rasul came back. He came here and was a very, very, very solid player. Won't call yeah, him great. Yeah, Won't call him great. But uh, he was. Uh, he was definitely, definitely dependable. Uh, but disappointment. Biggest disappointment. I probably say. I, 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 I gotta say. It, I gotta say it. Teddy Bridgewater. I'm, I'm gonna take the low hanging fruit. It's Teddy Bridgewater. It's nah, Teddy. He's he is just good enough. That. He is nope. He is just good enough to make you think you have a chance to win the game. He is just good enough mm. to take you right to the shore. But you can't reach down and drink it. What He's you, scared, you, you thirsty man. As hell. You are scared. thirsty as hell. You can't get a sip. Can I get a sip? Can I please get <laughs> a sip, Teddy? Please. Please. He won't let me do it. He won't let me do it. I tried. Mm. I, got my, I got my We Won tweet just, just right there, prime ready. I can just press the button. I click the button with this finger right. It's this one right here. I click the tweet button with this one right here. Mm. He don't let me do it. He don't let me do it. If so, Teddy uh, Bridgewater was a murderer, Pat, he would not be a serial killer. He would not be a killer. He would just be a drunken dad and non dad in a minivan that accidentally ran over someone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way. That's kind of dark, killer. but I got you. Uh, <laughs> My man always calls. He say he ain't got the serial killer in him. Um, yeah, that's what he need. He needed. He he don't have it. No, nah, he, he don't he, got he, it. He, he got uh, he got a hit and run uh, manslaughter charge on him, but not a serial killer on him. No Dexter Rashad. Biggest surprise. Biggest disappointment. Uh, so biggest surprise is probably obviously Jeremy Chen. Uh, I'll, I'll give you another one just because that's that's too easy. Biggest surprise for me, um, kind of low key. I think Zach Kerr is is, is kind of surprising to me. I man, think he, yeah, man, he's playing, he's playing very well. Um, and and to to kind of head off and and go around to my biggest disappointment, another one that nobody's really talking about. My biggest disappointment is probably K1 Short. Even when he was out there, he was not very good. Um, and it sucks because I like K1 Short. I think he's he's a, a Panther legend, and it's gonna it's gonna suck to see him go. But I think we need to kind of get rid of that contract next year and move on. Uh, but again, I thought I was so excited to see talk about expectation, right? You know, it's it's, it's hard to be um, disappointed when you don't expect anything. But when you expect K1 Short and and Derek Brown to just wreak havoc in the middle, and that wasn't the case in the first couple games, very disappointing. Uh, with, with and and obviously the injury, um, he, he was coming off injury too, so a little bit of context there. But I'm a little bit disappointed in uh in uh in K1 Short and uh sucks that we won't see him in a Panther uniform next year. Does it? That's all I, I actually don't think we can get rid of him next year. I think his contract yeah, still has a bunch of money on it for. We got to eat that. I don't think we can. <laughs> um, we can. And I would say is was it any more disappointing than last year when you had him McCoy? And Mario Addison, you thought, man, we're going this 3-4. We're going to put Brian Burns out there. And that shit did not work either. I know it Dang. sucks. Uh, while you got yeah. the mic, uh, tell him about your channel. And then we got to go back to Shelly Tron so he can get his plug in as well. Uh, at Panther Nation Podcast uh, on YouTube, at Panther Nation PC on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much it, man. Hit us up.
All right, Shellatron, how can they find you? Oh, I already spoke my piece. I put it in the Dude. chat. Y'all wasn't letting me talk my shit. So I had to go ahead and put my my <laughs> in the chat. Man. I understand. No, I get it. I get it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see a black man prosper getting his money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Hey, he low-key put that in the chat, man. I'm rolling over here, man. Look, y'all don't, don't want to see me make my money different ways. Y'all talking about YouTube and Twitter. Look, there's different ways. There's different ways to make this money. So, uh, look. Man, that's why I'm over here rolling, man. Oh, well, man. It's in that link right there, you know where it is, man. I got different tiers. They're all over $100. If you want this is this is big ballers only. Go ahead. Go ahead. They want. Well, they want some shots. You guys oh, are selling like right. the only fans over there. Selling, 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 selling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. You better get grow a set of tits and start playing video Christmas. games on the internet. These videos of him just massaging Dante Jackson's little toe. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna say this is. Uh, the uh, you already bought. You already bought the highest tier. Hey, hey, bro. He got the highest tier. All right, Jason, you're biggest surprise biggest disappointment all right biggest surprise would definitely be jeremy chin personally i thought Derek brown would be the one who'd be in contention for a defensive rookie of the year yeah so it's a nice surprise that jeremy chin's doing his thing balling out getting defensive rookie of the month back to back that's pretty doggone cool hope they can keep holding him for a long time biggest appointment it's kind of going back to what david said man you were put in a position, and this is me going back to that whole game manager thing. You're put in a position to win the game and not turn the ball over. That's why they brought you in here. And I'm talking about five. Mm. They brought you in. You're supposed to not lose the game. That's really your only job. Just get the ball to your weapons and let the weapons take over. That didn't happen. He would end up losing the game when the defense would show up and do what they need to do. Offense just kind of fell flat multiple times and i mean that's what they that's what they paid for i i'm pretty disappointed in him considering that he's even worse than what i would perceive as a game manager but that's just me and i guess with uh the rivera rematch i think they're going dog salt the panthers personally i feel like <laughs> this is this is the game that rivera marked on his schedule this is the the must win especially with the division on the line yeah, oh. they, people people are forgetting rap, that that Washington can mess around and win a division, and you know That's what? They're probably going to win a division with a losing record, and I'm pretty know. sure Ron is the you first get person to bring up 2014. We did it, man. We won. We backed into the playoffs. Then um, I, won I, I, won I won a game. All yeah. these losing yeah. record teams are winning Cardinals? games when they make the playoffs too. Cardinal jab you, against yeah, against Ryan Lindley Cardinal. or something like that. Yeah, I don't care who it was. Did we lose against San Francisco? Was it the next round we lost? San Francisco. Um, all right. My, I was gonna say with Teddy, my my surprise with him is that he's um not as good as people advertised. Like, I mean, he's not yeah. even close to as good as everybody was telling me that he was, and and so I can't be dis. I didn't think he was gonna be great. But yeah. I didn't think he was going to be so boring. Yeah, yeah meh. Boring is a great yeah. word. Meh. Uh, he is the black Alex Smith, dude. Alex Smith's better. 
right now, Alex Smith. Y'all are tough. Y'all are tough. Y'all are tough. Call that man. Listen, man, me, yeah. me and Slim J are in the chat going back and forth, man. He said, don't act like he's Jimmy and Garoppolo. That's the exact comparison I've been making for Bridgewater <laughs> for over a year now. That man is Jimmy Garoppolo. They put a championship defense and an incredible offense around him with one of the best play callers in the NFL, and it couldn't get done, man. All right, Jason, how can they get up with you on the internet? All right, you can find my work as well as my colleagues' work at si.com slash NFL slash Panthers. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Hewitt 50 oh. uh, Shoot, that's pretty much it. Check us out, man. All right. All right. Look, you guys go check them out, fellas. You guys should probably roll because we got to power through some phone calls. People leave us calls all week. We got to play them. So you're more than welcome to hang out. But I've taken up so much of your time. I appreciate the lo- this camaraderie that the YouTube Panther YouTube is getting right now. I'm taking the ass kicking for you, man. My wife is going to kick my ass. Go. Put in your perspective, too. My wife. My wife's birthday is today, yo. Oh, that's And I had Panther Teacher Conference today with these kids, and I went one for two. My bad narrative isn't where I need to be. Oh, you, need to hey, you guys go, need to make man. a new uh, a new tier of over $100 and put that shit on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are making decisions I got, I got like Marty Herney. And everything, so we good there, but still. Like, Y'all are making decisions like Marty Herney. All right, guys, well... You guys can stick around if you want. We're going to go ahead and get to the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. So what are you Thanks, thoughts? Peace out, man. Thanks for the love, Peace y'all. Appreciate you. Peace, Peace out, y'all. It's good meeting y'all, man. Yeah, man. All right, I'm chilling. I'm hanging with y'all. Shoot, I ain't All right. Cool, Jason. What's up? What's up man? Right. Happy to have you, my man. All right. Let's go. Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in the snow? Hey, Bob, this is Kevin from South Carolina. How y'all doing? Man? I want to talk about the draft, all right? I want to talk about the draft. Cody, I know you've been wanting a white Christmas this year. You know, oh you want God. the white Christmas. You want your Zach Wilson or whatever the fuck his name is from BYU, <laughs> that fucking Mormon. Let me tell you something. It ain't happening. All right? We're from the South. It don't fucking snow down here. We just get cold rain. That's all we're going to get. <laughs> so we're going to play our way out of the top ten. We're going to have Green Bay and the Saints set a bunch of fucking players. And guess what? We're going to win those fucking games. We're going to win them against fucking Denver. It's fucking Denver. And guess what? We're not going to get a top 10 pick. So you know what? We'll, you know what we're going to do? We're going to, dra- we're going to trade one of our draft picks and we're going to get fucking Sammy Donald. We're going to get Sammy Donald from the fucking Jets. He's going what? to fucking play out with Teddy Bridgewater in the fucking uh, training camp. And fucking, Bro. you know, what he's going to do, he's going to throw Teddy over that bridge into the fucking water. And that's going to be our fucking quarterback, Sammy Donald. I'm telling you right fucking now. You want that Christmas present, guess what? Boy. Santa Claus isn't real, and Zach Wilson wearing a Carolina Panther jersey ain't going to happen either. That's not real. Uh, you know, I don't want to fucking tell you. We're going to fucking suck, and then it's going to be fucking awesome. Why am I doing a fucking New York jersey accent when I'm from fucking Charleston, South Carolina? I don't fucking know. Cause you like Sam Don. I was just asking the Five touchdowns, dog. <laughs> he threw nine picks and five touchdowns, bro. And bro, how did you? Like, <laughs> look, 
uh, okay, one, you're going to trade for him. And then you have to pay him in either a year or two. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if Sammy Darnold is our guy. Would but, you uh, have to trade for him or would they just release him? Uh no, they would they would have they would find some kind of trade just like uh uh Arizona did with uh Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. They would find something. Someone will find some kind of value in Sam Darnold. It just will not be the Jets. Okay. All right, next call. Hey guys, what's up? It's AJ from the Seminole Sports Radio. And Panthers, uh, I want to start off with saying uh, I don't know if uh, firing our GM is going to be the answer or not to what we need, but I do agree with what you guys are saying about we're missing a couple key positions that can make us definitely a contender. Uh, I haven't heard much about a tight end. Uh, I don't, I, I thought I saw a stat a couple of weeks ago that we only have like 10 catches in our tight end core. And I know Joe Brady used Thaddeus Moss a lot and LSU. So I'm here, uh, what do you guys think about that? Uh, maybe that could be our missing part of our offense in the red zone. That, uh, could be our missing spot. Uh, I also agree that I think Teddy Needs to be out of there for sure. Definitely needs to be out of there. I'm on the Zach Wilson train for sure. But it's one but, man. Uh, that cornerback from Alabama looks damn good. And I swear if he drops to us, we got to pick him. We got to pick him and we'll have another year of purgatory with Teddy. I mean, it'll be worth it, man. Um, love what you guys are doing. Love listening to the podcast. Keep pounding, baby. Let's I'm going to let you guys handle that call. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, so listen, I haven't done a deep dive on all the film yet. I normally wait until after the college season before I really dive into all the positions. So um, uh, I've actually known about Sertan for a while. Uh, his commitment was between Alabama and LSU. So I've known about him for a while. I know he's legit. He is a, a, a shutdown corner. Um and yeah, listen, th- depending on what our quarterback situation looks like, which we know it's either going to be Teddy Bridgewater or drafting a player, um, you know, it does suck because there are so many good players that are going to be available in that top 10 pick. Micah Parsons uh, would be incredible for us at the linebacker position um, going forward. Uh, Penny Sewell, we've already mentioned and talked about it a little bit. Uh, Caleb Fairley out of Virginia Tech is another name that people are mentioning a lot. So uh, there's a lot that goes into it, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, y'all saw Zach Wilson. His season's not over. Him and Trey Lance are going to have to answer the same questions. They're one-year wonders, and they play lesser competition. But all the other stuff is there. The arm talent, the ability to move the pocket, the ability to roll out, they could run play action pass, RPO. Uh, they're willing to put their shoulder down and fight for extra yardage. Like they both have dog inside them. And that's what we don't have at the quarterback position right now. That's fair enough. But at the same time, what if they don't fall through? Then what? You're stuck with a quarterback and you don't have any other pieces to really answer for that. Yeah, it's true. 
It's true. It, it's I true. think you got to be a hundred percent sold on the quarterback. I don't think you feel like I. I think at the end of the day, you got to say this is you can't base draft on need, right? Uh, I mean, in some ways, it's where need and best player coalesce, right? That's where mm-hmm. when they overlap. Obviously, if you're a team and you've got your answer at left tackle, if the best player available is there as a left tackle that might not be the wisest decision if you need something else. And there's a really great player there. So I don't like the, there are team times where you're like, I do think there's a valid point. What Cody's saying is that mm-hmm. you're not in the top seven, eight often, or you don't want to be right. So mm-hmm. the opportunity is not always there. If the opportunity is there, you should, pounce on it you should jump on it but you should not reach and you should also not do it because you think you gotta do it i think you gotta do it because you believe that guy is the right guy my examples would be arizona with josh rosen uh the jets with darnold a lot of these guys i felt like they felt obligated to do the to make those selections and I'm saying this is that I I think I mean Trevor Lawrence is the clearest to me is the the I've never seen a more sensational college quarterback, and I'm I'm young though so I mean I don't know is like I mean what what would we have said about Peyton Manning when he was in college you know there was some there's some guys that Andrew have been Love. yeah really good Cam was it was kind of a a tweener right and what I mean by that is is that we knew he was a great football player. But the question was, was he going to be a great quarterback? Is that they told us Andrew Luck was the best prospect that had come out in like 30 years or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence fits that. I think that I don't know if anybody outside of Justin Fields does. And now if you do think it's Zach Wilson, I think you go for it if you can. Um, Why does all these quarterback prospects look like girls, by the way? Have you noticed that? Trevor no, Lawrence I, and Zach Wilson both look like women. Dude, so, what, just because someone, what, because they're blonde? I don't what, know. But uh, here I, I, is I, I, that I, I, uh, I my friend no, gave me understand. shit. My friend, uh, I go on Pirate Radio. Well, first of all, Trevor Lawrence looks like the kid from uh, Dazed and Confused, the kid that always grabbed his nose and did this. Uh, the But... Um, <laughs> The I was telling my friend, I said I sent my friend a tech uh, tweet and I said, Man, Zach Lawrence looks like he could be Mindy's brother, which Mindy is his wife. And I go on the radio, I'm hanging out with my other boy, and he knows all of these cats, and he goes and he said, You are, you always say some problematic shit, Tony. I was saying something on the radio. He's like, Problematic, man, y'all problematic. Oh, because <laughs> and I'll tell you this off the radio. I said I said it on the rare, but um he said, uh, I said, what were you talking about? He said, you said that. I said that it was, I said that, um, LeVar Burton, who's the guy, the reading mm-hmm. rainbow guy. Yeah. LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton. Uh, I said his doppelganger was the dude from Walker, Walker, Texas Ranger, who was in Die Hard. I said, I always thought that that was LeVar Burton in Die Hard. And I always thought it was crazy when he killed 
um, when, when the reading rainbow guy murdered this dude right in the beginning, I was like, man, this shit was fucked up. And I didn't say that. And he said, and the, my friend said, you're dangerously close to saying all black people look the same. That's what he said to me. <laughs> and that was, that was what, and I was like, no, these guys look alike. They shared the, but whatever. So he, and I was like, what are you talking about off the hair? He said, you said that Mindy looked like Zach Wilson. <laughs> I was like, I did not say that. Anyway. What? Your uh, comparison? You said Trevor Lawrence looks like a girl. You said Zach Wilson looks like a tool. <laughs> yeah, man. You had like your your first impression of these guys is 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 not not great. I don't know what it is. Not intimidated. Hey, I, I look at it like this, man. I look at it like this, man. You talk about they looks all they want. They getting the baddest women possible. It really don't matter at the end of the day. Or the <laughs> baddest dudes. You don't know. You don't know. You uh, don't know. You don't know. But <laughs> the highest, very true. You know, sexuality is a spectrum and all that. But, I mean, let's just keep it a buck. They're, they're definitely um, posting very attractive People are keeping it on the low. They're posting attractive numbers. How about that? But all right, all right. So my anyway, my point is is back to Zach Wilson, this and that, and we went to mm-hmm. a cornerback position. Is I don't know if uh, if we feel the same confidence in that second tier of quarterbacks as we do with those top three. Sure. Yeah. So if that's the case, I do think a lockdown corner would be a great addition. What are your thoughts on this guy from Alabama? Uh, certain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did did Jason comment on him? I don't know. I was gonna. It... Oh. Yeah. Did, it don't you, matter. Have you seen uh, certain yet? Oh well, absolutely. I'm a Georgia fan, so I watch a lot of SEC football. I think he is the best corner in the draft, and if he's available, you take him. Especially with the whole situation with Dante Jackson, you got to take him. A lockdown corner can change your defense, man. I'm telling you. If half the field is shut down, you know how easy Phil Snow's job is going to be. Mm-hmm. Is he better than All you Akuda? really have to worry about is the run, is which he has been a problem, Akuda? sure. But uh-huh. is he better than Akuda? Okudu? Okuda? Whatever his name is. From- I haven't watched a lot of Lions other than, you know. So I. The, uh, I cannot yet give an informed opinion on that. Okay. When I have one, we, we don't know yet. But I'd be interested it's because of it's one of those things. Corners that I've ever scouted just from college. Yeah. So I don't know if his film is going to compare. I think he hasn't done much this year, like at all. But they just fired their coaching staff, man. Another, thing I, ma- yeah. another thing I want to mention real quick so much of a player's success, no matter what position you're talking about, is what kind of situation they're drafted into. Okay. It's not a surprise that Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen and uh, 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 Mitch Trubisky, which just kind of sucks, but whatever, they, they go to places that don't fit their talent. So Jeffrey Okuda isn't doing shit this year that matches up to the film that he had at Ohio State. But you look at the coaching staff and that football team, and yeah, it's easy to see why players can fail if they go to the wrong spot. Okay. All right, next call. I was just wondering, talking about the quarterback situation and how the Carolina Panthers should move forward with their season and how the other games will pan out. And 
I want to go and just talk about football, really, about how the Carolina Panthers are going to go through this situation in this season over whatever, what's going on with all the losses we're having. Thank you. All right, so quarterback situation is look is that that's kind of been the discussion of focus for every I mean like in in a sense is like it's it's always the discussion until it's not. Right? Is that um Cody has often said you get your quarterback in and everything else falls in place, right? And and he's not the only person that believes uh, that type of mentality. And what I mean by is the quarterback discussion is the discussion until it's not. Is that until we have a guy that we believe is unquestionably the answer, we will always be fretting over the quarterback. Is is that even when we had the guy with Cam Newton, there was a contingent, and I believe that it was they were like subconsciously maybe racist right i'm not gonna say that every person that hated cam was a like a hated him because he was black but i do think that that was an influencing influential factor into why they argued they would say well he's not the pro you hear words like prototypical quarterback you hear Mm -hmm. you hear these, these soft kind of innate you know systematic racist comments which is yeah yeah and that is uh oh great athlete but we're not sure he knows the game as well right Mm -hmm. these types of things is that even when we had a guy on this podcast who is unquestionably my favorite player outside of julius peppers right cam newton is the guy we, I always said that he is what this podcast has been about until he's not. And, I mean, it's taken a long time for him not to be the only focus of this podcast in so many ways. But there was even a group when you had that guy that was like, well, Derek Anderson, we could have gotten like two wins with Derek <laughs> Anderson. Like, And you're like, no, that motherfucker sucked, dude. Uh, then <laughs> Kyle Allen comes in. And wins five games to start, and they're like, "Well, we don't even have to re-sign Camp. We can just roll with Kalen out, Kyle out." And you're like, "No, we will be talking about the quarterback until we're not." And right mm-hmm. now, we are talking about Teddy Bridgewater. We're talking about these potential draft picks. So obviously, the answer is not there. The question is when. Will we no longer talk about it? And even if we draft a guy, if we drag, draft Zach Wilson, if we draft Trey Lance, if we draft Brad, whoever, who's Brad Dugan like, the guy from draft, uh, from Florida? Uh, Trask? Uh, Trask? Kyle Trask? Yeah. If we draft any one of those, those guys will still not be the answer until they've proven themselves. There's only one player, two players. It would be Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. The only way that that we would end this conversation for a moment. And it's possible we might even land uh, Justin. It just depends on how things go, man. I mean, crazier things have happened, man. Mitch Trubisky was drafted ahead of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, who knows? Another example uh, maybe- of why you don't reach for players you don't have any film on, too. That is awesome. Mitch like Trubisky that. played nine games, dude. 
He played nine games in college. And you know what? His, he had all the right scout stats. He had the right build. He had the right talk. He had the right look. My friend always says that Mitch Trubisky, well, he didn't say this about Mitch Trubisky. He used to say it about Blake Bortles, is these guys look good in a football uniform. But that don't mean they are good. All right, next call. Yo, guys, it's Nick from Karen Maps. What's up, Nick? So, uh, just to let you know, I'm not going to be holding back at all today. And there's probably going to be some swears in here. So, if there's any kids watching, now's the time to block, to block your ears for the next three minutes. Okay? Earmuffs. Teddy Bridgewater is not the fucking answer. Okay? Now, Teddy had a point. He, he could have ran it. And you know what? If I was in his position, depending on what time, what, how much time was left on the clock on that throw to DJ, if I remember correctly, we were pretty damn close to the two to the two minute mark. Okay, if we were on the three yard line, you run that ball. What's the worst that happens? As long as you can make it to the line of scrimmage and you don't get past that, a you're running down the clock. Okay, which helps us out in the long run, and b. Even if we get the stop there on third and fourth down, we run both. They get the ball on the three, the two, the one yard line. And all the defense has to do is show up and fucking play. And fucking make it a safety. You know, now, defense was tired at the end of the game. They were on, they were on the field a lot. Understandable. You know, but A, Teddy should have taken the blame for that. Okay? And there should have been no, he shouldn't have even hesitated. He should have just taken the blame and went back to fucking net. But instead he wanted to dick around and try to pass the blame off to the coaches and fucking DJ and everybody else. And you know what that tells me? That tells me the dude doesn't have a fucking bomb. He has no confidence. That mm. Joey, the one answer, man, I mean, no disrespect by this. But that's why Kevin Joey be your taxi driver. Okay? That shit just doesn't fucking work. He might get lucky. He might get you to where he needs to go once in a while. But he's probably going to crash and burn along the way at least once. Like I said, Charlie, no disrespect. Okay? The other thing is, okay, last year, we had our bye week, I think it was week six. Okay, we went into the bye four and two. Okay, we were on fire. Defense had their nickname, the, the uh, these jabbers, I think that's what it was, okay? And then we came back from the pie, and we fell on our face. Hard. Hard. Do you guys think that that's going to happen again this year? Okay, I mean, granted, we have three games left in the season, and if we, t- if we lose them all, we get a better draft pick. There's my three minutes. Uh, I would say we don't really have a lot of evidence of how this team's going to respond after a bye week. I would say that this the coaching staff looks more prepared. Um, they've been more advantageous to us than Ron Rivera's staff was, right? Is I think they've been more of a difference maker in getting this team ready. We have looked more prepared than we did uh ron rivera did the same thing he said this is what we're gonna do we're gonna play our game you guys gotta beat us and they never changed they never changed anything and i think this coaching staff has a way of prepare i think they're good at preparing so i do think i don't think we'll necessarily be just handicapped coming out of the bye ron rivera was terrible 
after the bye throughout his career and tenure. Um, I think the COVID thing is going to screw this up. Guys, your thoughts on uh, the Panthers' remainder of the year coming off this bye? So I'm kind of at the point where, um, you know, you were talking a little bit about the difference of Rivera and Rule. One of the things that I do like, and it's one of the reasons why I said when the rest of the guys were on here, that I'm not judging this opening season, this first year of Matt Rule, Joe Brady, Phil Snow. I'm grading them on a curve because, one, they're learning on the fly. And number two, I'm already seeing so many things that I like that I just could not stand about Ron Rivera. And listen, all I have to do is say Brian Burns and Gunner, and you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like his, his inability to want to put younger players on the football field in favor of these tired old veterans. I felt like that was really a detriment to us, and it was a detriment to a lot of the players on our football team, like Curtis Samuel, like Ian Thomas. Um, you know, uh, Brian Burns. Listen, uh, uh, Tony remembers this. Cameron Artis Payne never got a chance in Ron Rivera's offense. And when you look at Matt Rule and how many young players are are, are playing for us, now you might be able to say, oh, well, we have no other choice. They're kind of forced to step into that starter job. But, I mean, listen, credit where credit is due. We have a lot of young players. And Matt Rule is not afraid to throw them in the fire and let them learn on the job. And I'm of the mindset that that's the best way to do it. Let them learn what to do and not to do while playing football. That's how you get better. CK, what do you think the challenges for this team are coming off this bye? I mean, you got a soft opponent in Denver who's really just kind of They've had their own share of COVID problems throughout the year, and they just haven't been that good. And at times, uh, they've played a little bit better than we expected them to. Um, what did you think about? What do you think about us dealing with all of these injuries or whatever? How do you see it panning out against Denver? And is it on the road or are we at home? Uh, I think it's home. Or no, they it's, uh, are... wait this week. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's at home. This week they're at home. Yeah, this is home because all of our home opponents outside of division have been the easy ones. All of the road have been the ones that are the toughest in your in in my opinion. But no, yeah, I think coming off of a bye week like this, um, there's there's I guess obviously infinite things that you can expect. But I, I, these guys have had a lot of time to dwell on the fact that we have been within inches, you know, of being where we need to go, right? And that can that can cause them to either think just we're not getting there and just let it get them down. But I think based on the way this coaching staff has been working, I think that these guys are going to come out here with a bit of a fire uh, underneath them, assuming we're going to have these guys back. If we don't have these guys back, this is I'm sorry. If we don't have Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, uh, as, as bad as Shaq Thompson is, he's better than our backups. I'll put that out there. You know, uh, as, as bad as, you know, not having Derek Brown to shore up the middle. I mean, we would be out both of our starting tackles. You know, I mean, that's that's not a, a recipe for success. I, I, we're not going to stand a chance, even though it's a bad D, you know, bad uh, Denver Broncos team. We need those players out there if they're going to if they're not out there, it's not going to be good. Jason. By the way, a random bat daddy has popped into the What's show. What's up, my guy? I miss you, man. What's up, bro? I say, damn Panther fans, y'all been up for a minute, ain't you? I don't. I did two podcasts. 
Natanya. <laughs> Oh, Biden. Okay. This is like oh, our Biden. normal. By the way, we have not gone any longer than we normally do. I agree. And I, you know what, I, I looked at that and I was like, you know what? I bet they're still on. I was like, let me see. <laughs> you were right. Yeah, man. Glad to be I, here, man. Awesome. Awesome. We're in the final stages of pounding through the calls. Jason, my question for uh, kind of a follow up question to the caller Who's more motivated off of the buy this week, Teddy Bridgewater or Joe Brady? I'd say Joe Brady because Joe Brady has probably more on the line. Because like I said earlier, I feel like Teddy five has been very, very complacent and very chill because what does he really have to lose, man? You're already paid, bro. You already got the contract that you've been grinding for backing up Drew Brees. You made it to the promised land, bro. So I feel like – and like Je- – Based on well, like his manhood, he his, could lose what, his manhood by looking like a slub. He don't. I get, look at I look like look at it like this, man. Just expect more of the same. No. I'm not. Oh, okay. Lord. Yeah, just, I actually thought that I, oh. I I truly thought after the Teddy came back off of his injury and PJ kind of injected a little life into the offense, I thought that Teddy was going to take more risk downfield because he felt the young buck creeping on his heels a little bit. He's paid. Yeah. yeah. Even if he did take a spot, whatever, bro. Yeah, you got paid. it. That's yeah. what, that's how I feel like he would respond. I feel I like he right. took his spot and he was interviewed. He'd be like, oh, you know, I think he'll be like the team player. He'll be like, oh, you know, I hope he does well. I mean, which is what happened when PJ Walker got his chance. But he and- was not uh, jumping up and down celebrating him. Mm-hmm. Uh, when well, he was doing yeah. well on the field, he was not doing what Cam did. Cam went out there, and Jason Stidham had a good. Comes in after they're blowing mm-hmm. him out, and they sit Cam. Cam goes out there and is jumping up, and he's going and celebrating with those mugs. Is that Teddy looked miserable when we were doing yep. well in that game? Yeah, because Cam Newton is a legitimate franchise leader quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is not. It's really yeah. that simple. Okay. Yeah, you don't have really to. Simple, you don't have to be afraid. <laughs> show the perfect time. I love it. You don't That's have to be afraid man. when you know you're the guy. Exactly. Right. Exactly. All right. Next call. So it's Nick again. Uh, CK, <laughs> I wanted to point out something you said in the post game show. Okay. And I think you are 100% right. Teddy is absolutely a danger to all the weapons on our team. Okay. He has thrown terrible throws into very, very, very bad or very good coverage. Okay, and he's trying to get people hurt. He might not be trying on purpose, but he's going to get people hurt. It is going to happen. I mean, we saw it with DJ. That was just a shitty throw. I mean, what was it like? Twenty or uh, ten? Not even ten yards. That's a throw that any of us can make. You know, there was there was a wide open pass. It was simple fucking uh, catch ball. Like, come on, man, Teddy, sit your ass down. You're fucking done, man. You're done. (laughs) Okay. You don't have the locker room. You never will at this point. You sat behind Drew Brees for a fucking goddamn reason. And oh, hey, (laughs) let's also bring up the fact that both of them got injured the same week. I mean, yeah, it's a coincidence, but 
something to be said right there. Okay? Teddy yeah. doesn't have the, the deep ball. Teddy doesn't know how to do jack shit other than pass the ball off so that way he has no accountability. You know what? I'm sick and tired of this whole Teddy Bridgewater thing. We need to start PJ. We need to we need to give him a couple more games just so that way we know what we got. And then next year we know if he's going to be the backup, if he's going to be the starter, if he if we need to trade him. And I mean, Will Greer is going to be gone. You know, nobody nobody's come out and said it, but it's just a matter of fact that we aren't going to carry three quarterbacks and possibly pick up another one in the draft, which I think we should. Okay, I quite honestly I'd be okay with either trading Teddy, even though nobody's going to want him, or getting rid of Teddy. Maybe make TJ the back or make TJ the starter for next year, and then have Teddy be the backup, and then pick up a quarterback in the draft, so that way he can learn behind not only TJ Walker, a very good quarterback as far as what we've seen in the XFL, and he can learn behind Teddy. Which I mean, I don't think I would want anybody learning behind Teddy, not a single damn person. You know, those who but, cannot do I'm sorry teach. for guys. Fuck That's Teddy. true too. Play that is very true. Cut rare. Get in the draft. Get at least one or two tight ends. Have you noticed that the best players and the best people, like at whatever position, rarely make good teachers? Though. Yeah, it's. A, I think yeah. there's a pride issue involved with that. Um, more so than anything. I mean, you know, I, I'm good at what I do, but when I try to explain it to people, I'm not good at it. Like, it's just not a good, I'm not good at explaining it. I'm great at doing it, but not great at explaining it. Um, you know, Tony, the, that, that phone call was about the post game show where I was talking about um, how Teddy Bridgewater, those guys into injuries, you know, and uh, Jason, what that was referring to is I made a comment about, you know, everybody wants to point out those great deep balls that Teddy Teddy Bridgewater throws. But I can probably tell you about 95% of those deep balls have been underthrown or yeah. uh, are in spot. a position yeah. where the wide receivers have to make such an acrobatic catch that it makes a highlight reel. And, it, and, and the problem is, is so, for instance, some of those deep balls to DJ. DJ has had to stop and catch the ball. That is a recipe for getting rocked by a, a safety or a cornerback just beaming down the field ready to hit you. That is it. If you get that in stride, guess what? He's going. He's 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 in a position, obviously, unless somebody comes and spears him running the opposite direction. But that's that's you're asking to hurt your receivers. And then we saw it last time because, again, DJ Moore had to try to make a contorted catch to catch the ball because it was so far behind him. Uh, it's just, it, yes, I think that right now, I don't think he's trying to get anybody hurt. I just don't think he's capable of putting the ball where it needs to be. And there's evidence of it. There's been plenty of evidence of it. And the fact that they're still only throwing the ball 10 yards. I will say this much. I think we saw what happens when you put a non-quarterback in when the Denver Broncos had to have a wide receiver play their quarterback. I don't think anybody can throw the ball 10 yards because we just saw what happens when that happens. But nonetheless, the point is, Teddy Bridgewater is doing as well as any backup in the NFL could be doing right now. Mm. Now on the head. Harsh words. You're muted. Who's muted? That's the bad thing about it right there. Uh, Thank you very much, Jason, uh, that we paid $63 million for a guy who is going to give us backup performance. 
That yeah. that is what is so sad. And Cody, you were involved in a chat that I had yesterday, all day long. Yeah, that I'm, guy. I'm, I'm, I'm talking with this guy who is making somewhat valid points about the last that that last throw with Teddy Bridgewater where he missed DJ Moore. But I'm sorry, there is nothing you can tell me. I have every angle you can look at. There is nothing you can tell me that says that is not Teddy Bridgewater's fault. He has right. DJ Moore at a bunch of different, a, a few different spots, sweet spots, wide open. DJ Moore is ten yards away from the nearest defender. Right, and and by the way, you know, even if DJ Moore did overrun that route, Teddy Bridgewater had time to acknowledge it, right, and throw it to the right. correct area of mm-hmm. the field. And mm-hmm. then, listen, it whatever happened happened, but how he acted after the game that was, and, not, yeah. and not taking any responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's what really put people over the edge. And I don't and need yeah, people to, I don't want people to bow down. I don't mm-hmm. need people to bow down to me, right? It's not for me that I mm-hmm. needed him to say this. Is that it's just because it's the right thing to do. Thing mm-hmm. to do. Right. Thank you. You know, mm-hmm. is that, and, and the idea is kind of like, and I've always said this about Ron Rivera is that he changed after the Super Bowl. He changed. He went from being a guy that said, it's always on me. We've got to do a better job. It starts here to saying players aren't got to do their part. They got to, and it's, it's these small things and it's just an unnecessary throw under the bus. You know, is that is Teddy Bridgewater? Even if if DJ was supposed to sit down on the right route or whatever, which he wasn't because they weren't because Teddy didn't want to throw it anyway, and he wanted to check to a run anyway. So it's just like it's just like I said with Tom Brady. Just say you, I made a mistake, homie. We Americans are very. I think Americans, maybe just humans, we're very understanding of people who are just honest. Yeah, honesty is a big thing. Yes, I agree. It, I say it like this, man. This ain't even a football thing. Let's go. Let's with that whole reaction. Let's say I put up, I posted an article that was like some misinformation, right? And like my editor just straight up missed it, and it's published and it's out there. What if the first thing I did was tweet out, "Oh, my editor didn't catch this, so right. that's why the piece mm-hmm. is out." That mm-hmm. is exactly what he did, and that was my biggest problem. That's am, not a football thing. That's a character thing, though. I am watching. Um, I am watching the this show Manhunt or whatever. It's about the <laughs> Rudolph Eric Ru- the the Unabomber, and this mm-hmm. guy. His name is Dave. I think it's David Jewell. That it was these reporters. His name was leaked as a potential suspect when they bombed the nineteen ninety six. Atlanta Olympics mm-hmm. and this guy's life was fucking ruined and even when everybody knew it was wrong there was this one reporter was like I didn't do nothing wrong I follow and it was just like come on man come on man yeah. alright next call anyone want to hear a dead baby joke how about a cripple joke oh, oh guys Nah, guys, that, that was honestly the best way to end the podcast. I was at work on Monday, and I was listening to it, and I had to walk out of the room because I was laughing so hard. My foreman came up, and he's like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, if you could only listen to this podcast, you would understand. 
I played it, and dude, he, he died laughing too. So, guys, thank you for a very good laugh. Hope you guys stay safe. Thank you for everything. Yeah, don't forget, if you want to make a dead baby float, <laughs> two scoops ice cream, one scoop dead baby. Next call. <laughs> C3 was good. What's good? What's that? Jason's probably like, what the fuck are y'all talking Y'all will let me. I'm sure y'all will fill me in. Man. <laughs> we finished last week's podcast with dead baby jokes and crippled jokes. Yeah, we were jokes. doing dad jokes, yeah. Or not dad jokes, oh, dead long. baby jokes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cody can make cripple jokes because he calls himself a cripple. I said, uh, I told my wife, and I think it all started with this, is because I called Cody a cranky cripple to my wife. And she was <laughs> oh, like... Lord. And, yeah, and he because he was remarkably cranky about something. It was a football thing too. Aren't and, I always on Twitter? And so yeah, and so the best uh, yeah, that's what it was. It was the Twitter thing. And so I said, he is a cranky cripple. And yeah. she goes, do you say that to his face? And I was like, wait a minute, the joke is equally bad to his face or behind his back, Miranda. So like, let's- yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. I'd be uh, disappointed if you didn't tell Cripple Jones. Right. No, I would think it would be worse if I one. didn't say it to your face. If I said it behind your right. back, it would be 100%, worse. 100%. 100%. And yes, uh, and I told the funniest Cripple joke in, in the world on the end of that podcast. So by, go back, by the folks. way, those are my favorite calls that we ever receive, or the people that call us and just tell us. Dude, you have no idea how much you put a smile on my fucking yeah. face. Like, that's yeah. why I do this. Cool. I almost made a joke when you said we can chew bubble gum and walk. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> All right, next Dude, do it. Next time, you better. C3 was good. What's good? It's Blake B. Check it out. Blake? I have a hot that is, take for Blake you. Blake I say it again. I got a hot take for you. All right. Let's and see I hope this doesn't change. Uh, within this next week, even though we have a bye week. Uh, but check it out. So David Tepper, you know, you know what he says. He's talking about building a culture here, building sustained excellence, which has been our problem here in Carolina, just mediocrity after mediocrity. Tepper says he wants to build this and have sustained excellence for 10 plus years, whatever. I mean, look at this giga complex he's put in. Look at, it's going to be 10 times nicer than the stadium we have now, even though it's 25, 26 years old. But speaking of something a little bit older than 25, 26 years old, you've seen David Tepper break the mold with Matt Rule. With the money he's paid him. If he is serious and Joe Brady is the savant we think he is, you're going to have to pay the man close to head coach money to get him to stay here more than two or three years. Uh, It's about glory more so than money for some of those guys. I don't know if this has been talked about or discussed. I was just driving home listening to the Pat Coltrane pileup with Rashad and Cody. That Pat Coltrane, man, let me shout out to Pat Coltrane. And I started to like Rashad a little bit more because he's he's not blind for Teddy, so that's good. I mean, I'm I'm trying to give it a chance, so I'm indulging in this culture. But, I mean, what do you think about the Joe Brady 
um, scenario paying him bigger money. I mean, that doesn't fall under the salary cap, I'm pretty sure, with coaches. Um, I'm pretty sure they can pay them whatever they want. I know David Tepper pissed off a lot of people when he paid Matt Rule that money, but, I mean, just just think about it. I mean, if he is serious and he's the savant we say he is and doesn't fall under the salary cap, pay him big money. Pay him close to head coach money if he's that good. Uh, I want to see him for another year with what we've had with Teddy. I mean, a lot of a lot of this isn't – it's not all Teddy because Joe Brady does call out of these plays with a dink and dunk, but, I mean, that could be the quarterback we're working with. So I'd like to see him another year. See if there's any change. Um, I mean, what you think? CK, we'll start with you. I just don't think that money is is the reason that offensive coordinators are going to stick around, right? I mean, the reality is, if he has an opportunity to be a head coach, that is a much longer lasting legacy. I can tell you this much: the Super Bowl winning teams in 20 years, they're not talking about their offensive coordinators; they're talking about their head coach. You know, you, you're not talking about the offensive coordinator of all the Bill Belichick-led offenses that went to the Super Bowl and won, right? It's Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time because he went there. And I think that that's what the glory is. I think if Joe Brady has an opportunity to go head coach in a good situation, I think he's going to take it, you know, regardless of what we offer him as far as money. Unless we're just saying, hey, listen, we're going to do what we did to Josh McDaniels, what Patriots did to Josh, Josh McDaniels and tell him you are going to be the head coach of this organization when Belichick retires, essentially, then go from there. But other than that, I mean, there's no way that Joe Brady doesn't What, what new coach gets a good situation, though? Oh, there's a few of them. I would say this year there's a few good situations opening Houston. up. There, well, there Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, yeah. who? Cleveland. Oh my God! No, you cannot they, say they're that. Good. They're like, they're like eight and three or nine and yes, three. Yes, yes, they are good, but they have and they had some talent. A, a they had the talent. they had every piece but the coach. Let's yeah. keep it above. Oh, but they saying, also oh, had uh, DNA like a deform. They have like Crohn's disease. They have like a DNA problem that they cannot they overcome. Do. And actually, I think Stefanski right now is coach of the year. Yeah. yeah. CK, can I, can I ask you real quick what you were talking about with the comment you made there about uh, offensive coordinators not, not making the difference or not being known? And you, you brought up New England. Can you name New England's offensive coordinator? I can now because he's been in the news, obviously. with uh, Well, you can. Uh, I, I would say you'd probably be able to name him for the last five years. It's yeah. the same person. That's what I'm saying. So, so yeah. what so I'm what I, it's not like the, the point the coordinator for a good team is not goes what unnoticed. I'm, what I'm talking about yeah. is in 10, 20, 30 years, you're not remembering those offensive coordinators as that Super Bowl winning team. I get you. Okay, you're remembering the coach. You're, you're right. The in, in 30 years, yes, you're right. But like, I don't know if 10, I know five that. to ten years away from now, you're you're but, definitely no yeah. Josh Daniels' name. But even more to that point. Yeah. But even more to that point, if the Falcons would have won that Super Bowl. For from now until the end of time, people would have had to have given credit to Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. I think that's like a, that's, I think, I think yeah. you're being generous to that. I, I don't think, think that's no, reality. No, no, dude, look at Josh McDaniels. 
Look at Kyle Shanahan. Like these offensive coordinators. I think are, those are for football heads, though. I think that's a football head mm-hmm. talk. I don't think yeah. it's like um, you may be right. Yeah, you may be it's right. It's like about celebrity that. status. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're not celebrities. Like you don't walk past Kyle Shanahan before he's a head yeah. coach, oh or even God. now, yeah. to be honest, and know who the hell he is. Yeah. Like, let me ask you this: Do you know what? Uh, what was the offensive coordinator when? And this might be. Actually, pretty easy, depending upon who it is. But who who Peyton Manning when he won the Super Bowl with the Colts? Wasn't no. it fucking? Uh, was it Adam Gase or was no, it? No, that uh, was with the Denver. That was when he was in Denver. It, oh, the, the one I was thinking of, it might right, be Bruce right. Arians. I can't be, remember if it was. Oh no, I think he had. Oh, that's a good question. That's a good point. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. I yeah, think here, and that CK, was the, Here's the one counterpoint to your point. All right. And that is, is I think this is that I think if somebody offers you a head coach job, is that if you if you have a, I don't even care if it's a shitty situation, is that it's it's never really a, usually a bad idea to take a vertical move, career wise, right? You put yeah, it yeah. on your resume, exactly. you this and that. What's the worst that's mm-hmm. going to happen? You're going to become an offensive coordinator again. Coordinator again. That's the worst yeah. thing that's going to happen. Um, I do think the one thing with the money that could sway someone is you say, look, is we're going to give you a four-year contract with money that is is pretty comparable, right? And you will finish out this contract. Like, I mean, maybe you can get them on longevity that way. And you say, look, is collectively you're guaranteed to make the same amount of money in the worst case scenario, you could be fired in two years. But I guess they still get paid, right? The coaches still get paid. They still get their contract. Right. Yeah. There's really That's no right. yeah. reason That's to right. not leave and get a head coaching job. That would be you would never it it would be ridiculous for you to not take a promotion in your own job unless for some reason the place you were at was just so conveniently attractive and comfortable. Like the Patriots were oh, to the Josh McDaniels prior to I this. I want to add this though. Mm-hmm. That kind of leads to my my argument that I think that we're going to draft a quarterback, and part of that is because of Joe Brady. If we want him to stay with us rather than take a job either with the Chargers or the Jets or whoever, whatever team you want to pick, right? If we can offer him one good money, number two a good situation with a good young quarterback. And his under Matt rule, like I think it offers him a nice buffer to continue to build his own resume and then get a job when he's 33 or 34 and still one of the youngest coaches in the NFL. Like I, I just want to make sure the Panther fans are on the same page. We don't want Joe Brady to go anywhere. Correct. Yeah. We want him to be, he is talented. He is worth what we paid him. I don't think he he's ready either. I don't think he's ready. I don't care about how much potential this and that is that it was already a gamble to a certain. I think my biggest, I won't say biggest surprise, but when we did our biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, the thing I'm most pleased with out of this team so far is how competent they've looked at every level. And that is, it could have been a disaster. A shit show. Disaster. Right? Yeah. Is that, yeah. You, know, that is, you bring you're, in you're, guys you're that absolutely right. They don't understand how to deal with personnel in the NFL. 
They don't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm saying you get a guy who was on a team that had the best talent in the world in LSU, who was really a passing. He didn't have all the responsibility, but he got all the praise. Right. Like, That's, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's I'm like he came well. in. There was a there was a lot of unknowns coming in, mm-hmm. and then you add into this is that we don't even have a regular year. These mugs are practicing on Zoom today. Well, like yeah. that everybody is, is though. Like I know, every, yeah. I know everybody yeah. is, so, but I at mean, least they've you, you been in the that. NFL every before. What I'm just saying is they've been in the NFL. I I think this is my father-in-law always said, and it makes it. I believe it's true. You're not good, really good at your job for five until you've done it for five years. It's kind of like the ten thousand hour rule. It's like where yeah, yeah. you felt like you've been there before. Where something unless your name comes is Patrick up, Mahomes. Right, I guess, yeah. right, and but, but I mean that's a player, man. and he's yeah. been, that's a player, and he's been playing football the whole time. I think there's True. some soft skills that were that translate from different echelons of work. Like if you go Correct. and you're teaching, I teach at a community college. If all of a sudden I was teaching at Harvard, and I had all the you know like all the expectations, the prestige, the this and that, I think I'm most surprised with how competent we've looked with very little talent even with that said mm. joe brady has he's only been it's been what 12 games 11 games in the yeah. nfl and we don't even know if he's an offensive genius yet we know he knows but, football we know he knows football but we don't know if he's a savant we know that he is he has learned from sean payton and i think you see a lot of sean payton in what he's doing um, but I do also think that you've got to look at it from that perspective too. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that, that leads to Cody's, I guess, point is I, I honestly believe this uh, organization knows Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to be the quarterback after three years, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would have did a five year. I think right? they're they, worrying about him right now, to be honest. Yeah. So, but here's the thing: if they don't draft a quarterback this upcoming year, and they keep Teddy Bridgewater, I think we can all assume, at least maybe just with Panthers beer goggles on, that we're going to be a better team than we are this year, next year, right? Drafting free agent. No, not this year. We thought we We were a worse team than last year. We thought we were worse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. By far. Yeah, I I really believe we thought we were worse this year based on what we lost. We lost Bradbury, Luke, all these key pieces that just went everywhere else, right? Um, but and I don't think we if, looked as I think our record hasn't been as good as it was last year just yet. But I think we look better. But here's here's the thing. Let's say we do get Teddy Bridgewater, you know, another year, and then we draft a quarterback in you know not this upcoming draft, but the draft after that. Well, guess what? It's very possible, one, either Joe Brady's gone after next year. I don't think it's this year. If he has a, a a good year with Teddy Bridgewater again with a better team and we have a better record than we have now, then I think he could be gone after year two, right? But even if he has three years with us, well, that means you're literally getting a quarterback to learn the system for one year and that's it. So where I think that this organization would rather have that quarterback learn this uh, this offense over a two-year span Especially right. if they're going to be playing what Sean Payton does, which uh, most people they they were talking about it. I think some people had said that this is a simplified version of what the Saints run. But the reason that the Saints don't draft quarterbacks very often is because it is a very hard system to learn, 
and that's why I thought it was very simple, you know, odd that they let go that's of Bridgewater. But they've, but they've also had one of the best players in football. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But they knew that this was coming to a close. Oh, yeah, by the way, hold up, hold up, hold up. No, I, I hate to interrupt you, but you just reminded me. Uh, how about Taysom Hill, y'all? Is no one going to give me a little bit of fucking credit on that? What? I that is trash? He what, he, he's not a good quarterback. What do you want me to credit for? He's not a good quarterback. He got, he got better than he was before. It, 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 he had what? Gotten better and better. Oh, he's fucking the sucks, quarterbacks dude. last tight end. Who did he face? I can't remember who was his. Who was his if team? You're gonna try to think. Taysom Hill, Denver. He played Denver. Man was throwing frozen ropes on third and seventeen, and was coming on third down. Two? You lost hey, all credibility, A, when you said that Cody. he was going right. to be great, Cody, and B, Cody. he said that. Eddie Bridgewater did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Bridgewater's Bridgewater. done at least once, exactly. So calm, calm, temper your expectations there, yeah. Bro, Dude, I'm telling you. they will only put a- His number, if y'all look at the stat line from the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons defense, garbage. None of Oh, but none of y'all, but yeah, y'all are gonna find all this bullshit. He was old, 27 for 37. Terrible against Atlanta's defense, too. So I can't, I can't how many, how many yards yeah. of uh, what is his average yards per game in the air? <laughs> he sucks, bro. Okay. Are more mobile. Oh, and gosh. Well, you do, you're talking about 50% of people that can throw a football right now. Seriously, yes. uh, yeah, hey, <laughs> hey, hey Cody, Cody, real quick, real, real quick, let's let's look at it from this perspective. If we're going to talk about Taysom Hill. He has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, the True. best running back in the NFL currently. He's got one of the best no. wide receiving cores. Kamara, yes. Kamara, if you look Kamara, at his stats, he's top three. He's definitely top yes. three. Yes. I'll give you that. Number one this year, bro. Number one this yeah. year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like specifically, statistically speaking, he's number one. He's yeah. got one of the best wide receiving cores. He's got a fantastic defense backing him up. I mean, if he wasn't and the he fact threw that he nine times to my to Michael Thomas for 105 yards, that was all he did was throw Michael Thomas. What is hold on, hold on, Cody? What is his average yards per game in the air? Listen, listen, whatever. If you want to jump into all the stats, do whatever. Oh, all the stats, all the things that matter. He's sorry. Has thrown two touchdowns. He has continued to get better. I'm telling you. Their quarterback of the future, and you can say, I'm hoping so. Hey, man, yeah, me too. I hope he is. He's 30 years old. Boo, remember who's telling you this now. Remember, Um, we will will hold you to it. Remember who's telling you this. Cody's got his magic underwear on right now. He's got his magic Mormon underwear on right now because he loves Zach Wilson and. What's his name? Whoever. Taysom, Taysom Hill. Let me tell you this. is uh, Back to Joe Brady real quick. You know what the best thing for Joe Brady to get a head coaching job would be? Would be to get a rookie quarterback next year and to develop him into a badass over two seasons. Because mm-hmm. then somebody who doesn't have a quarterback is going and needs one is going to go get one in the draft. They're going to get him and they're going to get a quarterback and they're going to be like, we've got our answer together. What if he does it in the first year? What if we have well, a yeah, quarterback? If, if he gets a quarterback next year and becomes a, and he's like really, really good. Then that, like I'm saying is the worst thing for Joe Brady to be a head coach prospect would be to have Teddy Bridgewater 
as his quarterback. <laughs> really? It's like it's it's not it's not showing us what you can do. In many ways, right. it's showing us that it's really Sean Payton doing I, it. I think, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that th- if he has another year with Teddy Bridgewater, um, he's going to learn the ropes. He's going to get everything underneath him. Um, and like I said, two weeks, you know, two weeks ago, I guess a week and a half ago, when we uh, played that game, I think we saw what Joe Brady was like. He is a rookie uh, offensive coordinator. There were some errors. There were some mistakes. There were some things that could have been fixed. Um, so I do think that he is a, a candidate. But if he has Teddy Bridgewater, I think that's going to help his case because he's going to be able to do more with this offense next year. And people are going to say he did it with Teddy Bridgewater. Games. What is it? And win six games. No, I mean, if we if we can improve, man, like I mean, we gotta look at like if we improve, here's the problem. If we improve, let's say we get an average of an extra uh five points per game. We win six more games yeah, than compared to what we did this year. That's it, a that's a 10 win game. Four. That's a 10 win season. You know, what's and bust for candy is nuts, and we'd all have a Merry Christmas, dude. Exactly. Like, but like, that's I mean that's like that's the point I'm trying to make. If we improve as a team and we're able to actually accomplish certain things, we let's say we shore up our offensive line, we get a tight end, all of a sudden our offense has different weapons that are, again, yards after catch specific, then uh-huh. Joe Brady is going to look like a genius if we get any type of traction with what we have. No, I can look at seven games last year that if by chance this player catches the ball or we score a touchdown right here, guess what? We're at 12-14 with Kyle Allen. As the quarterback, I, okay. So, so you know, ifs and whats always are are a part of sports, but it's what happens that matters. If you know, if um, exactly, if Matt Ryan would have thrown that touchdown in the final seconds, which it hit Julio, or like they had two opportunities, and they win that game, Cody, you still saying the same crap? Yes. It, oh, it, it, stop. Uh, next. That's right. Bucket, That's Blakey again. I'm gonna mute you if you keep talking <laughs> about Taysom Hill like this in the magic underwear mess. It's a travesty. It's wrong. <laughs> I look at it like this, man. It's tell me, where do you look? Oh, tell up? me, where do you want to tell me about Taysom Hill? That's gonna change my mind. Oh no, no, no! I'm, oh, okay. I agree. <laughs> what I'm saying. Against the world, he, I accept it. If if we get the pieces say we get like certain or like a top pick that's really much needed and this team improves how you're talking about Taysom hill now that's how people are going to talk about teddy bridgewater next year but they're not even has, terrible talents though they're not even i'm not going to be that disrespectful it's, to it's, it's, i'm not look, uh, but, uh, they, hey hell hold on bro uh, how about how about Taysom hill runs a four four and he runs okay. And he's 30 years old. That's not the case anymore. He's starting to get older. Did y'all watch against the Falcons when he was able to roll out the pocket and make throws on the run? That sounds like a coordinator. Do that. No, dude, bullshit. Either you have the ability to roll out and make a throw or you don't. You've never seen Ted Bridgewater move the pocket. Dude, Cody, I've never played a game of live football and especially professionally, and I guarantee you I can roll out of a pocket and run seven yards. And throw a ball downfield. I can't. You know, Bridgewater doesn't. That's my point. From the position you have, has better stats other than that's why I don't think they're comparable as skill sets. But what they are comparable is is average. Yeah, 
for the first time ever. I was sitting here again listening to the Cold Train mashup with Cody and Rashad. Did and my blood started boiling. Oh, no. Not because of what they said, but kind of an off-topic of what they were talking about and follow up on my last call. We had all of our problems could have been taken care of with what we already had in our organization. We let Brandon Bean walk. Yeah. We let him walk. We had the answer to her knee. We had it already. But we thought under, we had a gym at the key. time. And, and they opened up Pandora's box and outspat the Buffalo Bills. I mean, look at what they are doing. I mean, what? That is definitely Pandora's box. I mean, look look at all the throw up of Panthers that we have all scattered across Buffalo. But let me let me get one thing really clear. Listen up. Let me get it clear. Like I said in my last call, if we have somebody on our roster, on our coaching staff, that we know is going to be a savant, if Tepper is serious, break that freaking mold. We have him in our coaching staff, pay Joe Brady like a head coach or close to a head coach. And I don't know, y'all probably could have trashed this conversation in between calls. <laughs> I don't know. I figure with the bye week, you need a conversation, you need a new topics, maybe something. Like I said, a hot take. Yeah. But if we I let somebody else flip out our fingertips take. that we already yeah. had in our building and go on to do great things, Ooh, you gonna hear me mad? I'm gonna call back mad. Thanks for the call, man. Um, I think this is that uh, the Brandon Bean. This the sad thing is, is that Dave Gettleman was doing a really good job at the time that Brandon Bean left. Maybe no, it was 2017. It was actually when things were starting to come off the rails. But we didn't know it at the time. We had a Super Bowl under our belt. We had three division championships. He had. Been shopping in the bargain bin and putting teams together. It was together. a surprise when we lost Gettleman the way that we did. Yeah, yeah, we weren't expecting it. It yeah. was a surprise that Gettleman turned out to be as bad as he is. That's what I said. And, and then even then it's weird, man, because some of those picks for the Giants that he's made are looking pretty damn good now. He really screwed up in Carolina, but he screwed up in Carolina when he stopped listening to his own fucking advice. His own <laughs> advice, he always said this, as he said, we use free agency to set up the draft. We use free agency to make sure that when we go into the draft, we don't have to be backed into a fucking corner and pick three corners consecutively. Well, guess what? He, when he revoked the Josh Norman contract, the rescinded that deal, he backed himself into a corner. When he refused to draft any offensive talent for like three years, it felt like, all of a sudden we saw this team that had a lot of pieces on it, 
But Cam had nobody. So what does he do? He gets like Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, all these guys in one draft. Moten. It was just like, he's like this. It's like, oh, I want big receivers. So let's draft these two big guys. They turned out slow. So now I want fast receivers. It was, he just didn't listen to his own advice. That was the problem. Yeah. Next call. I agree. And he was, here's the thing. With, With Gettleman real quick is I think that if, we, if there was an organization that could do this effectively, it would be incredible. If you could have a draft uh, with, you know, and, and Cody's going to grill me on this, but a draft with Marty Herney handling the draft and David Gettleman handling the contracts, I think maybe there would be a scenario where we would in, be in the best of both worlds, right? Because that's always been Marty Herney's weakness is the way he negotiates contracts. And, uh, and Gettleman was our best in my opinion, our worst drafting GM in the history of the Panthers. I don't know. Just me. He was a miser, man. He's a miser with money. Yeah. Um, he's reaction. I just felt like this is, I don't know. I, I think that Dave Gettleman too. I think one thing that started to at least show a little bit is that he believes he's smarter than everybody. Yeah. And so yeah, it's like this is like, I want to prove, I always make it, I liken it to how I used to play Call of Duty when I was really good at it. Like when we, you know played, how you can, you know I, how you can tell that that's an accurate statement is everybody that? he drafted from the Carolina Panthers, he's re signing in the Giants. Yeah. And he's it's like, working out, it's working out pretty well for him. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I you got to remember, it's I, I used to play yeah. with sniper rifle <laughs> and knife it. only, man. I would be like, I'm only going to play this multiplayer with a sniper rifle and a knife. That's it. And I would walk out like 15 and 4 kill. I'd be like, yeah. But I start to <laughs> buy into your own shit. You buy into your own shit. As this is Chuck right. Collins from Elizabeth City. Uh, having a bye week, having a little bit of withdrawals. A couple things I wanted to touch on. Uh, number one, uh, Cody, this is for you. I did watch uh, Zach Wilson play this weekend for BYU. I was pretty impressed. I thought he played some yes. pretty good quarterback. And, um, I just, I still think we need maybe a guy like Zach Parsons, who's a damn linebacker, but he definitely is worth the opportunity to kick the tires, uh, you know, during any combine or any type of scouting event we might do. Um, got a pretty good arm, pretty accurate. Um, what I really want to focus on to talk about right now is coming off a of bye. We know how Ron was during bye weeks. Other than the year we went to the Super Bowl a couple other years, pretty much laid an egg. Uh, really stands out in my mind is how he uh, prepared us for the 49er game uh, next to the last year when we got blown out in San Fran. And I, I'm really hoping Matt Rule and his coaching staff that you know we, we got some really close games, played really good. Another pretty much in 12 games, I think we played maybe one half of bad football, and that was the second Tampa Bay game. Um, I really just want to see what this coaching staff can bring and these players how they develop during the bye. I think that's going to say a lot. Uh, we're one in five all time against Denver, and I know it's going to mess up our draft position if we win. But I want to beat Denver. We owe it to uh, our fan base to beat Denver, pay them back a little bit. And um, you know, one thing I think the Saints kind of got a buy when they played Denver with the quarterbacks being out with COVID. But another thing, it was kind of nice to see Denver have to suffer a little bit um, for what they were given in the Super Bowl against us, in my opinion. Um, I really want to see how we're doing the buy. 
And as a side note, I want you guys to look at this. Matt Rule, Matt Rule's voice, I want you to listen to him talk and put it up against a famous comedian who is now the state, Sam Tennyson. Listen to Sam Tennyson's voice as he talks. Sounds just like Matt Rule. It's almost like they've got the same voice. Not when he screams, but when he's just talking in general. Oh, I'm going to have to listen to it now. Matt Rule screams? All right. Take care, guys. We're going to side-by-side it uh, next week. Um, The Just your thoughts on Zach Wilson after you saw him play Coastal. Man, Coastal Carolina ain't no joke for being D2 or whatever they are. Uh, no, they're not. But I do want to provide a little bit of context. Like they had to travel across country on two days' notice. So literally, they did not know before this week that Coastal Carolina was going to play BYU. Like this was a, a recent thing. Liberty had backed out from being able to play one of them, either Coastal Carolina or BYU. And kudos to them. Like they wanted to play another ranked football team, so they did. Um. And listen, BYU, yeah, they lost. But listen, all you have to do is look at Zach Wilson's film and see why people are so high on him. Like, don't just believe me. Go look at any other mock draft website on the internet. Most sites have him as a top 10 pick for a reason. He demonstrates all the traits that you want in a player that you're drafting that high. Now, I came already- out of nowhere, though. Yeah, he did, 100%. Like, I mean, he, he wasn't even slated to be the starter. You know what I mean? Like, he was, like, fighting for a position not too long ago. Right? That's how the best ones are, it's though. guys you want. That's right. Exactly, guys you want. Come out, come out of nowhere. Now, mm-hmm. it's hard to judge him because it is one year uh, of a deal, you know, but you have to judge all the circumstances. But according to all his interviews, man, he's a great young man who wants to learn football. He's tirelessly trying to get better. Dave Gettleman talked about that Luke Kingsley DNA that Christian McCaffrey has also that that work ethic that goes into overdrive. I think Zach Wilson has a little of that in him too and it matters for double because it's at the most important position in football and that's quarterback. Um, I gotta say this is Shelly um, I hope she's making a joke. Funches better than DJ. <laughs> oh yeah, she's got uh, it. Absolutely, no way. Based on what? Enough. Based on going back and forth nothing? and all this other stuff. Y'all need to go ahead and pick the house salad because it's gonna be the best for everybody. You never know if somebody like all the parmesan cheese. I didn't even have the video. Croutons. Yeah, yeah it's like up. That. So up. You gotta house salad. The house is for everybody. Thanks, salad boy. Oh, that was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jason, you don't know about this, but um, have you ever heard of um, Cameo, the website Cameo? I have. I don't know what it is, but I've heard of it. You can pay. You like you pay like fifty bucks, twenty bucks, eighty bucks. Sometimes it could be expensive, and these celebrities mm-hmm. will send you a personalized video. And uh, I have always talked shit about Devin Funches about being <laughs> soft. And uh, not playing to the size and stature that he should. And mm-hmm. uh, when he was a rookie, he came into training camp and on the radio, he asked, um, he was asked on the radio what his favorite food was. Now, he was mm-hmm. only 19 years old, 20 years, 20, 21, something like that. Mm-hmm. And his answer was, um, I don't really eat a lot. I don't like to eat that much. 
I guess I would say salad. <laughs> and I said, God. you can't trust wow. a dog in the NFL who's going to be the dog. And he says his favorite food salad. So I sent, I paid him to make me a video and I posed as my friend was having a wedding and they couldn't choose between the Caesar and the house salad. And that's where that mm-hmm. video of Devin Funches, you just heard him. He said, you got to go with the house salad, not the Caesar. <laughs> that's great. It was awesome. It okay. It didn't dare you pretty much. Oh, you yeah. it, it was great. No, job. who cares? Mm-hmm. All right, next call. We got two more All right. after this one. That's it. I don't get the left side of my right nut, but this is my third call. And this is Blake B. What's up, what's up? For all you slow people out there, that's the inside of your right nut. Okay. Now that that's <laughs> over, we have a catch-22 in this Panthers culture. And, yes, pun intended, the enigma that is Christian McCaffrey. So, we have four games left. Bill Voth tweets... He tweets, the only people who considered sitting Christian McCaffrey this final month were on the Internet. And I started thinking about it and scrolling through the Twitter feed of this tweet and the replies. And I was about to blow up on this guy named PJ. He says, people don't understand that building a culture of winning is much more important than losing and improving draft position. And I started thinking, I said, well, isn't that a, not an awful point? And then Tyler, next comment, he says, oh, we invested a ton of money and bringing him back for four meaningless games does nothing but shorten an already short career span. <clears throat> and I went, oh, my goodness, that's, there we, that's where the catch-22 comes in. 22 is a catch-22 himself. Um, Listening mm-hmm. to an interview with McCaffrey, he says he never even considered sitting out if he was good to go just because of trying to stay mentally sharp for the game. I mean, how many... How many weeks off or months off are we going to have once the season is over? But, man, talk about it, boys. I mean, I wish I could accredit drinking to this uh, wonderful conversation we're having here. But, hey, I'm sober, sober, hmm. sober. Maybe we need to change that. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the call, buddy. Smash that thumbs up button. Hit that like. Hit that dislike. Whatever. My Teddy man. still sucks. I Keep. like my man. Blake B, my man. Yeah. It's like we were just talking about, I forgot who said it, but um, how Christian McCaffrey has that Luke Keekley DNA and how yeah. he's this hardworking grinder, right? If he has the ability to play, you really think that man's going to sit out. Right. Of all, the, of all the people on that team, like, come on now. Even, like, as a former player, like, if we sucked and, like, I was on an NFL team or whatever – and like I play, I'm stepping on that field because I'm a dog, and that's what I'm I signed up to do. And I love the game that much. I feel like Christian McCaffrey is that dude who's gonna step on the field, even if he is injured, even if he's not 100. percent I feel like if he's even at like 80, 90, then he yeah, suit me up, let's go. He's not the type of guy to be like, oh, you know, let me sit out, you know, it- unless it's like. His situation at Stanford where, like, his NFL career is potentially on the line, you know? But he's already at the big stage now. Is it the coach's duty, though, and the GM's duty to tell people to make that decision for people who can't? 
Um, yeah. And, you know, we we wondered the same thing about Cam Newton at some points. Mm. We want, you know, is at some point it's the somebody else's job to say, no, you're worth too much to be risked here. But even if we aren't going to go that far and say, should we sit him for the remainder of the season? One thing we have not yet seen happen, and this is on both regimes, the former regime with uh, Scott Turner and an offensive coordinator and now Joe Brady, is that when you have Christian McCaffrey on that field, they cannot resist using him all the time. We said when Christian McCaffrey came back from that ankle injury and Mike Davis had been so productive, finally we're going to see the confidence in a team that's going to give Christian McCaffrey kind of some protection from him from too much playing time. And guess what happened? They brought him back and they just ran him like 40 times. It was just Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, Christian. Well, you know, it might not have been only Christian McCaffrey, but there was no Mike Davis in sight. No Mike Davis in that game. So, if we but bring him the, back, we need the coaches to also systematically protect him within the scheme a little. Like we wanted Ron Rivera to do with Cam Newton. You have to yeah, say yeah, play yeah, exactly. from, the, from, from themselves because what what uh, what David said is true. Like These players mm-hmm. are paid to play football. Think about it this way, man. The amount of snaps that McCaffrey has played this year, once this season is over, that's literally all my man has worked for the year. Like, that's what he does for a living. If it's Cam Newton or Christian McCaffrey, they want to go out there and kick ass and play football. So you can't blame them for wanting to get on the field. They're not thinking about the win-loss record or the draft pick. They don't give a shit about that, man. They're dogs. They want to go out there and win. Um, Yeah, yeah, coaches have have to sometimes save players from themselves and think about the good of their team in the future. The part that I want to point out is we know clearly, and even in the Kansas City, you know, game, we we've been you know mooning over Mike Davis and what he's been able to do in the, in the absence of Christian McCaffrey. When Christian McCaffrey got on that field, we were expecting, and I think the coaching staff was expecting to be able to split, you know, touches with Mike Davis. Christian McCaffrey's just different. Like, he is just different. You saw him on the field. Ron Rivera said it last year. He's like, we wanted to lower his touches, but, I mean, how can you when you see this guy doing what he's able to do? It's hard to do as a coaching staff when your goal is to win that game. Mm -hmm. It's just not – if your goal is to win that game and that's what's – like, you have that in your back pocket, not willfully not using it is going to, you know, be a detriment to the possibility of winning that game. All right, last two calls. Let's go. Yo, yo, my, 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 my hat's over here gibbering. But, uh, you know, it's California out here. You know, we can legally smoke out here. Uh, I feel sad that y'all can't. Uh, you know, I really feel bad for you. But I just want to also thank you for your, uh, moment, moment of, uh, to let me preach on how, uh, how fucking, uh, the homie goat, the goat of all goats in the first round pick goats should be staying here. And then let, let Stewart and all these other motherfuckers that are in the motherfucking building getting paid millions, do what they need to be doing is, is you know what I'm saying, micromanage the rest of these fucking picks. But these first-round picks take real real fucking balls and 
You know what I mean? Real, real fucking, uh, strategic motherfucking moves. Why do you think we were watching for Herbert last year? Cause that could have been a legitimate move last year, you know? So, um, I'm, 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 I'm cool with the ghost and, and, uh, let these other men do the, their job on the rest of these picks. And then also, I think Stewart be on, uh, on point with the, with the payment shit too. Uh, yeah, these contracts look right. If you really look at the background part of it, I think these contracts look right. All right, peace out, y'all. All right, peace last from Cali. Thanks, man. Yo, yo, it's QT on here one time. Um, fucking uh, Teddy, Teddy gotta go. Uh, if he gonna be here next year, he's gonna be here as a teacher for PJ, whoever else we draft for both of them. Uh, and we gotta fix that contract because he won't be playing that many snaps. Goddamn it! So uh, we gotta figure that shit out. All, All right, right, y'all. Uh, that's the C3 Panthers podcast. Uh, we've got to ice some fools up and get the hell out of here. The last segment of the show is where we ice up. So it's our homage to Steve Smith. We tell someone in the world to ice up, toughen up to get it together. Guys, does anybody have an ice up pick prepared as other people prepare theirs? Oh, Greg's got one. Go for it. I got Yes. Uh, this is mine from, well, I had two last week, and I couldn't remember the second one, but I remember it now. So it's a little late, but I'm going to ice it up. Uh, Nate Robinson. <laughs> Nate Robinson ice up, man. I don't know if y'all saw that knockout, but if you haven't, watch it. I'm still looking for the gif of him with the sonic rings and the knockout. Because <laughs> I, I heard it's really funny, but I can't find it anywhere. So if you got it, send it to me at the bat that if you do. Uh, but Nate Robinson, just know you got knocked out by Jake Paul, and it looked silly. Very, very silly. For everybody out there wondering, boxing is not a game. No. It is not a game. No. You cannot be a good athlete in some of the sport. It doesn't mean you're going to be a good boxer. Like, so, so, so don't think because you were a good basketball player, you're a good boxer. And I'm not saying that Jake Paul is a good boxer, but just because you're good at one thing doesn't make you a good fighter. Period. Point blank. He got knocked out. Like it looked so funny. I love seeing a good knockout. He was out for a while. So Nate Robinson, ice up, man. All right. Who's next? I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll, I'll go first unless someone wants to jump in front of me. Go ahead. Uh, so uh, there's this rapper. That goes by the name of Casanova, and um, indicted on uh Rico charges, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is how that got the mafia in New York, uh, yeah, years here and organized crime, here. it's yeah. organized crime, yeah, yeah. So, uh, this guy by the name of Casanova. Um, there's this famous interviewer on YouTube. He does all these uh, interviews. With <laughs> DJ Vlad. Yeah, DJ Vlad, right? Oh, so, man. Yeah. So there, uh, all of the conspiracy uh, theory people on uh, Twitter are saying, oh, DJ Vlad's interviews and, and him just confessing and talking about all this shit could end up getting him up to life behind bars. And by the way, so in the video on DJ Vlad's video, the the title is literally Casanova two times on stabbing twelve inmates. Like the dude literally talks about 
the people that he's fucked up in his life in an interview, and now they're going to use it to throw him in jail. Man, that's got to be a bad feeling, knowing that you might be in jail for the rest of your life, not only because you did some dumb shit, but because you admitted it on the internet. What kind of moron do you have to be? (laughs) uh, All all for clout, right? Yeah, man. All for clout. uh, To my man, Casanova 2X, Ice up, son. You might be icing up for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anybody else? I, got, oh, ice up? I mean, I'm gonna there. I'm gonna double up on my one from last week. When uh last week mine was the 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 clear favoritism that you see in the NFL. Um, because the Saints and the you know the Broncos game, they were forced to play that with no quarterback on the Broncos, but the Ravens they decided to push their game back, you know. Uh well, that doubled down tonight. Did you guys hear about what happened with Des Bryant? Uh, sort of, yeah. yes. I think it deserves to be mentioned. Basically, Des Bryant was in warm-ups, going up, handshaking, hug, you know, just dabbing people up, all this stuff on the on the field. They came out and told him that the, he had to leave because he tested positive for COVID. Uh, but you know who he plays for is the Ravens, right? Mm-hmm. But do you think they canceled that game after he was just literally up there dabbing everybody? TV show. I told you that. Exactly, bro. I'm telling you, these guys. Gosh, it just frustrates the heck out of me. And and I'm not going to be one to sit here and defend the Saints. But, like, the Saints got uh, fined $500,000 and a seventh-round draft pick for not wearing their mask appropriately. And Des Bryant's out there with no mask on, dabbing people up, and and they gonna they, they let that game just continue. Didn't even say anything. like just kept it going. Anyway, ice up NFL, ice up, ice up. <laughs> um, All right, I guess I'll go ahead. Uh, no, please go uh, ahead. Well, uh, yesterday, um, I don't know if y'all saw. I'm pretty sure y'all did. Y'all are pretty good with pop culture and everything. Uh, Christopher Nolan came out. And pretty oh, much yeah. trash talked um, HBO Max calling it the worst streaming service. I just because, it. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I bet it was a good one, man. And he was basically like, oh, you know, they're losing so much money, blah, blah, blah. When in reality, you're just mad because your movie flopped and no one saw John David Washington. And oh boy, I forgot his name. He's a great actor. I hate that I forgot his name. But tenant flopped, and you're mad because your movie didn't make money in a pandemic, and so you're gonna talk trash about someone who's actually making money. Sorry, bro. I sub, I sub, son. That's that's like the Academy with Netflix and everything. Yeah, yeah, they're haters, man. Christopher, but but by the way, and I I know Greg. That's nice. (laughs) I know uh, Greg probably knows about this. I'm reading that a lot of those theater companies are already talking about suing. Because like they're trying to say that they had deals in place and that uh, HBO Max essentially, like they 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 essentially said that H, for, for those who missed it, HBO Max is about to put a bunch of movies for free mm-hmm. on HBO Max that would normally come out in theaters. Right well, now, a bunch of uh, companies that produce those movies are like, wait, we never said that we signed up for this shit. Like, well, what? so apparently there's more going on. It's very difficult because, like, yeah, it's it's not the comp- the the movie uh, producing series that are they're going to do that. It's the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Because Warner Brothers is the only studio that said they're going to do it. Everybody else is probably going to follow suit very soon. But Warner Brothers is the only studio that did that. They have twenty one movies coming out next year. Uh, for their and I, I I can almost guarantee you, 
every movie studio is going to do this in the future. Because sure. would you rather make would you rather make one hundred thirty five million dollars stream streaming a movie? You may you may make five hundred million in the theaters, or because people can't see in the theater. Which would you rather do? You know, you you, you want to make the money. So sorry, this is getting to my kind of podcasting right here. So. Um. I think you guys should go listen to the Business Wars co- podcast between uh, Netflix versus Blockbuster. And Blockbuster had an opportunity to buy Netflix as well as HBO could have done yeah. it. HBO oh, also wow. um, yeah. HBO also didn't want to give any of their content to Netflix. Like So Netflix in their early phases just struggled getting good content. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. we're just getting all this B-grade shit, and HBO had it on lock. Um, trust in HBO, though. Those were those, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. have been... Yeah, they they got I stock in HBO if you got a chance. Uh, Dude, I stock in Netflix, because Netflix is still the best, bro. Netflix is the best. Not for long. Down. Not for long. Not for they long, got some heat man. coming, man. I'm telling <laughs> you. HBO Max and Disney Plus are going to put Netflix Screw out. Well, Disney not a bit. Plus, man. But, Sorry. I don't hey, once these Marvel shows come out... Yes, exactly. R.I.P. I'm Disney so Plus, tired. HBO Max, I'm, I'm so tired of superhero about. shit. I'm done with it. Um, you think I that? We can see Matt Reeves Batman. You're the only one done with it. I'm yeah. tired of it, man. I only Matt like Batman, bad dude. superhero. You're like, oh my god, it's so good. I'm interested in this new Jason Momoa. I think it's Jason Momoa. He's going to be a... It comes out December 11th, and it's kind of like a badass superhero movie. I think it's Jason Momoa. Somebody like that. It, they say it's going to make the boys in the uh, Watchmen. It's going to be in that level. Of, okay. Uh, okay. I, I'll send you. Okay. All right. My ice up pick this week goes to the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, they fired their anthem singer who has been their anthem. At their, they, he sings Old Canada for them. Um, he's like a paparazzi. Not paparazzi. Papa, pa, who's the pap, uh, the that Italian uh, opera singer, whatever his name with a P was. He looks like that. Right? What? Yeah, something like that. Whatever Pavarotti that uh, opera singer was. He kind of looks like him. Anyway, his name's Mark, Mark Donnelly. They fired him because he attended a anti-mask rally and said he was tired of draconian uh, laws about wearing masks. And um, he was concerned about... And he, he put it in a cool way. He said that they told this this would be a 14-day sprint, and uh, it turned into like a eight-month marathon of death or <laughs> something like that. Anyway, they fired him for making political statements outside of work. And um, I uh, don't think you should fire people for something that, A, is not as controversial as a lot of different things like that's less controversial to me than a lot of things that people could say. And I don't think you should fire people for opinions that, uh, just don't jive with, uh, yours. Uh, so I think that kind of sucks. I think that we, we are in a fire and a canceled culture and it's too easy, uh, to cut people out and it makes you look good for a second. I don't like it. So, you know, what is, uh, Vancouver Canucks ice up. Um, that's it. It's the oh. C three Panthers podcast. The number's two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. We're here on Tuesdays. We're here after the game on the post game show, and you can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, where can they follow you? 
Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. I'm always bitching about something on Twitter, but I answer all my mentions. Uh, and um, there is going to be a brand new uh, mock draft on drafttech.com next Wednesday with all first-round comments for the Carolina Panthers written by yours truly. CK, Master of Streams, how can they get after you? Uh, you can find me streaming on Facebook or FB.GG uh, slash Codizzle Allen. Um, I also uh, am on most social media sites. Just posted a new TikTok video that's pretty funny. So if you guys want to check that out, go take a look. All right, Greg, man of many podcasts. You can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter. Hit me up. It's my only form of social media. Uh, I, I will, con- you know, I'll respond to anything you say to me, DMs, whatever. Uh, check out Geek, Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. You can find every one of my shows there and see through Panther podcast. Yeah. All the places so Jason, we brought you in to add credibility because you're the only person I know that's got an editor. Jason, how can they follow you? <laughs> Hey, uh, y'all can follow me on Twitter at Jason Hewitt 50. You can follow the SI page at SI underscore Panthers. And you can find the website at www.si.com NFL slash Panthers. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter pretty often. Feel free to get in my mentions. I like arguments. I think they're fun personally. So, yeah, that's pretty much it from me. All right, I got streaming service fatigue, guys. I cannot pay for any more services. So HBO uh, Max, I'm streaming you illegally. Disney Plus, you're for kids.